Is Tag Team Stable or Faction of the Year? It's it's a thousand percent FTR. Toxic Attraction, Rose, Dolan and Jade. It's big dude energy. For the Melbourne Mean Girls, Kathy, Lux and Skylar Cruz. Wrestler of the Year. It's Seth freaking Rollins. Yeah, I went Jamie Hayter as well. Emmond again. Jessica yep. Troy. Company of the Year. We're about to hit another golden era for WWE. PWA, Pro Wrestling Australia. Event of the Year. WWE, WrestleMania Night 1. I went to PWA, Black Label, Let's Fucking Go, from Max Watts in Sydney, the conclusion of their uh, East Coast Australian tour on October 21st. Match of the Year. Gunther versus Sheamus from Clash at the Castle. This is everything I love about wrestling. Something that made me feel something, and that's Cherry Stevens defending the soul of PWA Championship against Jimmy Townsend. G'day humans, what's a good word? It is the biggest night of the year during the award seasons. It is time, once again, for everybody to get aboard the Woz Train. It's Here is the, the conductor most... of the Woz Train, Mr. Alex. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the Wazzies, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Oh my goodness, this is our favorite thing to do, where we get to be assholes and judge things it's fun yeah if i have to sit through some of the worst matches on tv then you have to also remember that you also sat through this exactly exactly um i will little, say that yeah, yeah go ahead a quick little uh production note uh, as many of you humans might have noticed, I haven't watched a great deal of domestic stuff this year. So when we do the domestic awards, I feel like it's not fair for me to say, oh, this guy's good, this guy's bad, this girl's good, this girl's bad, or whatever this year. So I'm yep. just leaving the domestic awards to Chris because he's watched more of it than I have. I'm not going to be one of those typical internet wrestling trolls that judges things that they haven't seen. <laughs> oh, but that's half the fun. <laughs> uh, I, I might do it for the American stuff, but I'm not going to do it to the Aussies. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, okay, so we'll kick things off here as we uh, normally do, just chatting a bit of uh, the immemorial, uh, looking back at uh, some of the careers of the wrestlers who passed away over the past year. Out of Sandy Fork, Delaware, he is the current reigning and defending Ring of Honor World Champion, Jay Briscoe. Behold the genius Lanny Poffo, the world's smartest man. Jerry Jarrett. Jerry, I think most of you wrestling fans know, is Eddie Marlin's son-in-law. Jerry, for the last three years, has been involved in the office, and he's not involved now.
boy got the best damn public liability insurance anyone could ask for in Miami. Yes, uh, Iron Sheik, the great 1984 Turkey Tournament. You're going to be part of it. You know, I really don't care about... And here he comes by Gillespie. Talk about drugs and he's walking down the aisle. What is a half-man, half-speech? What do you call him, Mantar? Mantar, that's right. Really, Salem? Scared? The AW champion is scared? In his corner... From Wellington, New Zealand, weighing 224 pounds, Abe Jacob. Right now, let me talk to the exotic Adrian Street, and uh, your title goes on the line. He has against the cowboy, the wildcat. Got something over here that I want you to have, because you are the best in the country. Here's the chainsaw right here. You see that? This right here, this is just me, okay? You know, this is a, a version of me that I'm, I've never got to introduce to you guys before. This is just me being me, genuine me for the first time. My career, I love you too. The national heavyweight champion at 226 pounds from St. Petersburg, Florida, Brett Wayne! Brett Wayne! Introducing the challenger, She's from Columbus, Georgia. Here is the very pretty Joyce Grable. Agafona, Big Bus, 180 centi, 105 kilo. Kidon Osepin! Unfortunately, a few big names lost in the past year. Uh, in January, Jay Briscoe passing away at the age of 38. That's still terrifying. Yeah, that's it. Still breaks my heart. Yeah. So uh, when we're recording this now, I think we're a week or two removed from the dynamite anniversary of his passing, and only a few yeah. days removed from his actual birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> still seems surreal. Uh, one good news did come out though a year later uh, on the dynamite I just mentioned. Mark's there talking about it's been a year since the car crash and the doctors said my niece will never walk again. But they were wrong. And out yeah. comes all the kids on the stage. Uh, that <laughs> that choked me up a lot. Yes. That choked it, me up so much. Um Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good to have some some good news come out about the family after yeah. after so long for that. Uh, on, on, honestly though like you even just recapping that promo just like choked me up again <laughs> like I, that just was such a wonderful moment yeah uh, February 2nd here uh, Lenny Parfo the genius passes away yep um, 
throughout 2023, I watched a lot of um, 80s wrestling, and man, he was one of the most misused wrestlers during that time period because that dude could do stuff. <laughs> like, if given the chance, he could have been the Will Ospreay of the 80s. <laughs> It's so weird, but he was so agile, did so much crazy flips for the 80s. And Doesn't he, had... he hold a pinfall victory against Hulk Hogan, of all yes. people, from yes. the 80s? Yes, he does. Um, he holds a pinfall victory over Hogan. Um, it, it was a fantastic seller, and it was also a fantastic promo. And there was a little period there during this primetime wrestling thing I've been binging where um, actually the genius Lenny Poffo was on commentary for a bit. And yeah. he was very good. This wasn't New Japan Lenny Poffo. This was, this was a, yeah, he was so good on commentary back then. I don't understand why it was only a couple of weeks. Like, they should have carried on with that. I'll say the same about uh, AEW with uh, Matt Menard on commentary. Mm-hmm. Very under underutilized he is. But uh, the genius, was there ever a big singles match between him and his brother, Macho Man, in the WWF? Not that I can recall. And specifically, not as the genius either. Okay. Fair enough. I thought you'd be the, the man to ask for that. Uh, no. Moving. Yeah. Yeah, it's moving. a shame. They should have done something. They should have done something. He was under contract with WCW for like the entire 90s and never wrestled a match. <laughs> Isn't that most of WCW in the <laughs> 90s, people under contracts and just going, you know, I don't feel like coming in today. He, Hang he up was, phone. He was on a high six-figure-a-year contract and never wrestled. That is a lot of money in the early to mid-90s. Ridiculous. Yep. Uh, following that, well-known promoter Jerry Jarrett uh, passes away at the age of 80. Wrestling fans will know him from uh, Memphis Wrestling, and modern fans would know him as being one of the free founders of TNA Wrestling. Exactly. And, you know, uh, guys that love wrestling podcasts have heard a million stories about Jerry Jarrett on Something to Wrestle With. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh um, what what was his big role in, uh, I guess, the Memphis area with the King? Um, well, basically, the King was the Hulk Hogan of Memphis, right? He was, I think, like, it doesn't count as world champion because it was technically just the Memphis championship. Yeah. But he, he was like a fucking 40-something time champ or 30-something time champ, <laughs> something like that. Uh, it's, it's, at, it's actually unreal. Um, but also, like, Jerry Lawler was the Hulk Hogan of Memphis, and that made Jerry Jarrett the Vince of Memphis. Um, that's just the best way to put it. Like, he the brains. Was, <laughs> yeah, like... He, he was the brains of the operation. Like, he he was the Paul Heyman before there was a Paul Heyman. He was the Vince before there was really a Vince. Like, he, he yeah, he... A lot of what we see in modern wrestling doesn't happen without Memphis in the 70s. With 
out the fucking uh, Tupelo concession stand brawl. Like, that's the first real time that... Um, I think that was Terry Funk and Jerry Lawler, and that's the first real time that, you know, wrestlers started wrestling all over the arena and getting out into the concession stands and stuff like that. Like, a lot of... The, <laughs> A lot of the more um, gimmicky sort of hardcore stuff does uh, stem from Memphis wrestling during that time period. Because in that time period, it was rest holds, chain wrestling in the center of the ring, and Memphis branched out from that. Memphis were the first real wrestling company to throw a celebrity in the ring, Andy Kaufman. Um, yeah, so... Like, a lot of what we see in modern wrestling doesn't happen without Jerry Jarrett. Yes, very true. Uh, going down to April 2nd, the passing of New Zealand's own Bushwhacker Butch whilst he was over in the US for WrestleMania weekend. Whoa! Yay! Whoa! I'm doing the hand thing, don't worry. <laughs> um, Run, Keatus, he'll lick you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, Cadis is very much a bushwhacker butch of himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get up in Cadis's grill, and he'll give you a wow, hey, mlum. <laughs> a big old mlum. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the bushwhackers most people are familiar with uh, their their WWF run, their sort of fun-loving New Zealand uh, characteristics. The Royal Rumble record spot for a number of years, uh, but they were deathmatch icons on the uh, independent circuits, NWA, I believe. Yeah, and uh, here we go again. Memphis as well, yeah. Um, Memphis was ACW before ACW was even a twinkle of a thought. Um, and... The best way I can describe watching a lot of the old... Well, this they weren't the bushwhackers, they were the sheep herders. The best way I can describe it is... They're the Briscoes before the Briscoes, you know? They were hardcore dudes in camo, just beating the piss out of everyone. You know, missing teeth, looking scary. Like, y y you can picture it, and somehow... I. I think it's actually to Vince McMahon's credit. It was able to take such a tough, imposing-looking tag team and make them such like loved baby faces. To yeah. the point, to the point where like most most wrestling fans wouldn't even be able to comprehend the fact that the Bushwhackers were big nasty heels. Yeah, also true. Yeah, so that's... And that's not just a credit to Vince, that's a credit to the Bushwhackers. Yeah, complete complete change of character in their in their twilight years there. Uh, yep. Butch had been the, the one of the two Bushwhackers who had been more sick, hadn't he? Yeah, yes. Unfortunately. Yeah, uh, Luke still looks good. <laughs> I saw a photo not that long ago, and he's got his arms out and he's flexing and he's... Got huge bloody cannons, probably bigger than he ever had. <laughs> Very good. Uh, we go down to May 9th, the unfortunate passing of Australian wrestler Miami at the age of 36. 
that still just breaks my heart. Um, most of my fondness of her career was her as essentially the diesel to lover boy Lockie Hendrix's uh, Shawn Michaels. The China to Triple H's uh, <laughs> yeah. DX. Yeah, the um, the Rhea to lover boy's Dom. Yeah, very true. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a combo that always works, and yeah, she was so good at that too. Yeah, um, I noticed Riot City Wrestling have recently put up a bunch of um, classic RCW women's matches, and um, there's a few matches of Miami there. Hasn't awesome. really wrestled since uh, her last match was the Jenny and Vera Memorial Cup against... Yeah. Uh, future WWE signee Casey Casty in 2014. Oh, wow. It's been that long, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Against uh, future Casey Cassidy, <laughs> which would become Cassie Lee, aka Peyton Royce, aka Iconic. But um, it was nice to see all the Aussie wrestlers just post so many um fond memories of. <laughs> Miami around this time as well, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, following that, uh, May 17th, the passing of superstar Billy Graham. Yeah, oh man. <laughs> superstar Billy Graham, I've said it enough times, was so ahead of his time. He was a body guy in wrestling where body guys weren't really a thing. Uh, he was Hollywood Hogan before the, before there even was Hulk Hogan. <laughs> um, like, if he came along ten years later, he would have been the biggest star in professional wrestling, in like a really popular era. But unfortunately, he was he came along in a transitional stage, and then by the time things started getting popular, he was winding down. Injuries had gotten the best of him. But man. If you ever get a chance to go watch an old Billy Graham promo, it's just captivating. It's incredible. He is just a character. I wish we got to see, like, even after he finished wrestling, I wish he was more involved in the industry. Is there a particular reason why he chose to step away? Uh, he, he did burn a few bridges. Ah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, he was that, always that sort of he was always outspoken. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, he did say some controversial stuff on social media before he passed, but but that was just the old school '80s mentality, '70s mentality of oh yeah, these wrestlers should start doing steroids. <laughs> I, I remember him in particular being like, "Kofi Kingston needs to do steroids." <laughs> do you remember well, that? <laughs> Yes. Was yeah. this around the time Kofi was going for or just won the title? Yeah, yeah. He's like, look at those pecs. He needs to do steroids. He needs to get on the juice, brother. <laughs> I mean I mean I've always said I, I would like a, I would like my wrestlers to be larger than life characters. So it's not that I disagree <laughs> with him. And you know, like uh, what is the harm in PEDs in a scripted sport? <laughs> I mean, I mean, besides the long-term effects, obviously that's the issue. 
But like, ah, come on, put a bit of mass on. I do agree with him in that sense. I don't agree with the steroid part. <laughs> but, um, but, and he's like, yeah, I did steroids and I was one of the biggest stars of my time. Yep, cool. <laughs> cool. But, but su- superstar Billy Graham, the tower of power. Like, his promos, too sweet to be sour. That, that shit was stolen by Macho Man. And Dusty. And Dusty, yeah, the man of the hour, the man with the power, too sweet to be sour. Yeah, that's oh. all stolen from... That's all stolen by Dusty, it's stolen by Macho Man, his look was stolen by Hogan. Uh, his look was stolen by Scott Steiner at one point. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, true. Look, look, look at the goatee that Billy Graham had at one point. Look at the goatee Scott Steiner had. I don't know if you recall when Scott Steiner first turned heel and joined the NWO. Do you remember what he was called before he was called Big Papa Pump? No. They called him Superstar Scott Steiner. <laughs> I, I can see it working, but just in hindsight, it doesn't have the same ring. <laughs> no, no. Like, they must have been like, we need an alliteration. Superstar Scott Steiner. Get those tri- triple S. But, um, <laughs> triple H. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, following that was May 22nd, the passing of Peggy Lee Lufa. Are you familiar with this uh, women's wrestler at all? Uh, not, not that familiar. Um, yeah, unfortunately, not that familiar. Yeah, uh, started wrestling in the 80s, retired around 2013. Uh, brief runs in the NWA, the AWA, WWF. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, she teamed with Wendy Richter to challenge for the WWF Women's title. Uh, championship accomplishments here is she was NWA Women's World Champ one time and a bunch of uh, regional championships. Yep. Now, I may be getting my families confused. This isn't the lady wrestler who's related to Jake the Snake, is it? No. Who's that? <sighs> that was Rock and Robin. Okay, I'm getting my 80s women's wrestlers confused. Yep. Okay, uh, next off the, uh, the memorial list we have here is a 36-year-old from Western Australia, Roxy Wright. Another Aussie wrestler, uh, sadly, passing away to an illness way too young. Yeah, absolutely devastating. Uh, I'm just trying to see. She last wrestled in 2019, I guess, with things shutting down due to the pandemic. And then uh, hadn't quite came back after the pandemic, after getting sick. But yeah, uh, 77 match career, mostly over in Perth. Companies like uh, SWA, Southern Hemisphere Wrestling uh, as an alliance, association, WPW. Uh, championship, she was AWA No Limits Champion and the AWA, uh, sorry, AAW No Limits Champion and AAW Women's Champion. Mm. Uh, 
they are holding, it does look like it's going to come back this year, an annual uh, Roxy Wright uh, memorial event. So it does look like it will be yearly. I'm sorry I can't really add much more onto, onto Roxy Wright, but there is a number of write-ups. There's uh, one, I believe, uh, Wrestle Radio Australia did. There's one from PW Down Under. If I do have the links, I'll uh, share those as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, following that the passing on june 7th of the iron sheik i mean when it comes to characters in wrestling there's no bigger than cheeky baby yeah the world champion <laughs> break the, back. the world champion <laughs> i break your back i make your humble you gotta be part of the turkey tournament. This turkey, he looks like the Hulk Hogan. I stayed out. <laughs> <laughs> Spits on the turkey. <laughs> All right, number one, USA Hoktu. <laughs> now, she competed in the Olympics, did he? Yes, yes. Did he win gold? <laughs> um, I mean... He seems to think he did. <laughs> uh, and you do not question the legend. Yes. Uh, most, I guess, I say modern fans, but it's not even that. It's like our age would know him from the WrestleMania uh, 15 Battle Royale, was it? 17, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where uh, he wasn't medically allowed to take a bump, so they just let him win the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. Um, I guess also Heroes of Wrestling. Heroes of Wrestling. And I mean, like, honestly, at this point, he's most famously remembered for his outrageous shoot interviews, his insane Twitter account. <laughs> Which still, like, occasionally posts stuff just as, like, a little reminder. <laughs> and I love it. Um, yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, like, he was a regular on Howard Stern. How did that come about, of all things? <laughs> I think he just became that viral on the early days of YouTube and all that. That, yeah, Howard Stern just, like brought him in for a couple of interviews to see how that would go and it went outrageous so he kept bringing him back uh, very good uh, the Iron Sheik saying fucking bullshit fucking <laughs> bullshit various compilations of that going around into uh, it's like duh, 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 well that, duh, that's duh, his duh. <laughs> that's his theme song on Fugs <laughs> That's where well, I've heard it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Cheeky baby gone, but not forgotten. Uh, after that was the passing of Draws. Wrestler in the WWF in the mid-90s, part of the new Legion of Doom. I mean... He was, when I was going through and watching old Attitude Era stuff early last year, the amount of untapped potential that dude had, he was so athletic, he had a great look. As, particularly at that time, like, for a wrestler to be covered in tattoos during that era, it wasn't common. And he was built well, he could move well, 
his promos weren't half bad and yeah i i do often wonder like what happens if he doesn't get that career ending life altering injury cuz i think he would have been on the come up um yeah 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 and most famously he's remembered for beyond the mat let's be real though <laughs> He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna puke. He's gonna puke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't beyond the mat following around because he only just started with the company as a rookie. Yes, yeah, that's why they were following him around. And and then by the end of it, they had to, like, put in a note that, like, um, yeah, about his injury and all that, which was devastating, obviously. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, at the end of it, there was like a little disclaimer about his injury and all that. Yeah, fucking so much untapped potential. I, like I said, I always wonder what if, what if. Mm. Did you have you ever gone back and watched one of his NFL games? No, I haven't. They do I've, seem I've to. I've seen clips. I've seen clips, and he li- literally did throw up during the breaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez uh, yeah I mean god was he still part of New Legion of Doom when he was injured uh, when he got hurt no yeah. no. at okay. that point at that point he had turned heel done the push haw- hawk off the Titan Tron thing oh god he, I forgot about that yeah and he had moved on to other feuds um yeah, and not only was that a life-altering, career-altering, changing injury for Droz, that, in my opinion, D'Lo Brown never recovered from. Yeah, yeah. I, I know this is off-topic, but um, I recently saw the clip going around again of Soraya talking to Renee Paquette, saying... Oh, when I was cleared by the doctors, the first person I rang, like, outside my family was um, Mercedes, was Sasha Banks, to let her know, hey, it's not your fault, uh, accidents happen, but I want be, you to be one of the first to know I've been cleared to wrestle again. Yeah. Because, yeah, that shit would weigh on your mind. And you're right, D'Lo sort of never really recovered from, from that, even though it was just an accident. Yeah, well, around the time that that happened, he had just had an IC title run. He had just been the Euro Continental Champion. He never really got up to that sort of status again after that. Yeah. Uh, following that was uh, July 11th, the passing of Manta. Manta. Uh, one of the... <laughs> like, yeah, one of the... Um, go-to examples of the characters in the mid-90s, but, man, he had a good look, honestly. Minus the stupid fucking bull's head, it was a good look. Yeah. Uh, anything else to really say about the guy? Uh, he, was, um... he was a bit of a journeyman. He travelled all over the joint, but he was... He had a quick little run as, um... Oh, what the fuck was it called? Like, Bull Mastino or something in this in 96 as Goldust's bodyguard for like two episodes of Raw. <laughs> um, uh, it says here Bruiser Mastino. 
Bruiser Mastino, that's it. Yeah, I was... Yeah, and... Um, you know, they never really found his niche again, but the, he could work. I'll give you that. He could work. He just didn't have the, the right look for him to stand I, I, out. I wouldn't even say he didn't have the right look. He just didn't have the right gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after that was the passing I have noted here of Salem. Australian wrestler, born 1972, passed away at the age of 51, most well known for his time in Sydney-based federations like the AWF, from uh, which was established in 99, and AWE, which is established around the same time. Yeah. Uh, recently wrestled again, uh, I believe it was last year or the year before, in a championship match, and then retired from in-ring competition. Uh didn't really hear much about uh, his passing other than yeah, it was just sort of very sudden, so that's no good as well. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Following that, uh, we have on here uh, career journeyman Abe Jacobs from New Zealand born 1928 passed away August 2023. Yeah, uh, I'm not that familiar with him, but yeah, that's it's never good. Yeah, I had, had a really, really long uh, career. Debuted in '58, retired in '81, so sort of retiring just at the start of Alex's interest in wrestling. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Yeah, spent a bit of time in Capital uh, Sports for Vincenia as well as Jim Crockett Promotions. Uh, of his notable championship accomplishments is NWA North American champion one time and a bunch of the NWA territories was inducted into the Lou Fez George Tarragos Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame class of 2008. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. That's a huge accomplishment. And he's also the innovator of the Kiwi leg roll. The okay. Kiwi roll. Right. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard of this before. No. Uh, little footage exists of Jacobs performing the move. It has been described as a modified figure four leg lock in which he grabs the opponent's legs, like the set hold, and rolls the man around the mat in an almost circular motion, putting pressure across the ankles, causing the opponent to submit... Oh, yeah, 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 I know I know what's going on. Yeah. Okay, cool. I didn't realise that was him. Cool. Okay, so Alex has seen this move performed before. I have not. <laughs> yeah, just, just think of, just think of like, someone, you know, when they do the thing to turn over the figure four. Yeah. Just think of that, except just constantly rolling. Okay, yep. Yeah, that, that would suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would. <laughs> uh, next on our list of uh, in memorial is Exotic Adrian Streak from Wales over in the UK. Uh, Alex. One of my favourites. Still got a signed wrestling figure from him. Personally signed. Can you share the story with the humans on how that came about? Oh, yeah. I was like on eBay one day and I was like, 
so my introduction to Adrian Street was uh, a movie that we have reviewed, Grunt, the wrestling movie, if you mm -hmm. recall. Uh, an absolutely weird fucking movie, but one of the standouts of that entire movie was exotic Adrian Street and his wife, Linda. Um, and I just... It was gold dust before gold dust. It was, yeah, just that sort of flamboyant thing that used to make people uncomfortable back then. Probably doesn't work in today's day and age. But I was just on eBay looking for wrestling figures, searched up signed wrestling figures, and came across a eBay user that's, that was simply called Exotic Adrian Street. And he had his own little eBay shop, and he had a um, whole heap of his own custom-made wrestling figures of himself, and he would sign the box and whatever, and it came with this small sort of a smaller sort of wrestling figure um and it came in a little box and on the back of it it has autographs from him and his wife linda and like a, and then it came with like a little thank you note and talking about how times were tough for him and he appreciates all the support he gets from his fans and blah 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 um yeah as uh one of the things i'll never sell because it, like, it was personally sent by him. It was personally boxed and packaged by him. Like, the, the box it's in, he designed and made himself. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't ever get rid of that, my man. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, Gold Dust before Gold Dust says it. Uh, the humans would have heard in the uh, opening clip package here for the immemorial section does sound very much like gold dust before gold dust just in his cadence and his presentation yeah he used to have his own little talk show oh yeah uh wwe tried to replicate adrian street with a wrestler called uh adorable adrian adonis was that even... the one who had the flower shop? Yep. Yep. But they sort of did a different route with him where it was like this guy that dresses up as a very feminine guy. Like he dressed up very feminine, would wear dresses, all that sort of stuff, wore makeup, and then he'd talk like this, like, Hey! Yeah, what's <laughs> going on? But it's a dude <laughs> in a dress. So, that, like, it's kind of different, but the fact that they caught that it was like adorable Adrian and exotic Adrian like yeah come on we know what you were trying to do there um and Adrian Street was a 510 5'11 wrestler in a time of wrestlers that weren't five foot you know and he was as tough as it came uh WWE a while ago did a documentary on exotic Adrian Street and you've got to watch it it's incredible. Just a hardworking miner. Came from a miner town. His dad was a miner, all that sort of stuff. And then he goes off and follows his dreams. And yeah, along the process, meets the love of his life, Linda. And it's a very, very cool story. And 
um, one of the innovators of chain wrestling and one of the innovators of gimmicks. Like, yeah. Like, he took what Gorgeous George had done in the, the early days of wrestling and he took it to the next level. Very true. Mm. Uh, then two sad passings back to back. First of all, August 22nd, uh, 23rd, Terry Funk passes away. Um, dare I say, one of the greatest of all time? Yes. Yeah, like one of the great traveling world champions of his era. But that's not what we know him for. We know him for the outlandish promos. We know him for the crazy over-the-top matches. We know him for middle-aged and crazy. Terry Funk is one of the most iconic characters in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. From his from his time in ECW, being unselfish when others were selfish, mm-hmm. to going to WCW to returning to the WWF as Chainsaw Charlie. Yeah. I I completely forget about his time in WCW, but it's a very, very brief stint. Uh, that, that was... Believe it or not, that's probably, like, the most fondness I have of him from my days as a child watching wrestling, is his WCW run. So fucking yeah. stupid, but, like... <laughs> Yeah, just <laughs> him fucking putting a chicken on a raw chicken on his fist and <laughs> and punching Dustin Rhodes in the head with it. <laughs> like uh, uh, the time he went to TNA. <laughs> mm. uh, more indie stuff. Back to WWE. His last appearance before Dean Ambrose's match with Brock Lesnar, presenting him with the chainsaw the best that promo is so fucking good as you guys will will have heard in the spicy spicy yes uh of course uh beyond the mat (laughs) what other movies is he in (laughs) oh what's the sylvester stallone one paradise alley uh he's (laughs) he's in over the top obviously one of my favorites he's yeah um oh man he's He's in Roadhouse, I think someone said. I haven't actually watched Roadhouse, so yeah, uh, I think he's in that. Or yep. he would, um, like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's iconic, man. He's just iconic. Uh, come on, it's my last match. It's my last <laughs> match. Come on, come on, Dennis. You gotta be uh, there. Uh, you gotta be there. It's my last match. I got the world champion. It's the last match. It's uh, a ma- Go on. Uh, uh, and I'll just never forget um, <laughs> the promos he used to cut. Like, your mother's a whore! <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. So it's interesting to look back here and see, like, not only the championships, but, like, some of the awards or honours he's been given. Like, of course, the Iron Mike Mazowski Award from the Cauliflower Out. Alley Club in 2005. I didn't realize this until just looking at it. From Extreme Championship Wrestling, he got a Lifetime Achievement Award in 1997. That that was given to him at that retirement ma- uh, show that he got given. 
that he yeah. made, that he had the match against Brett before the match or no, it was after the match. They presented him the lifetime achievement and a ECW title belt. Uh, of course, inducted into the 2300 Arena Hardcore Hall of Fame in 2005. <laughs> I mean, he almost burned that place down to the ground several times, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and I don't mean figuratively, I mean literally. <laughs> How Paul Heyman got away with some of the stuff in that arena in today's uh, landscape is beyond me. He he didn't get away with a lot of it in that landscape. So imagine in this landscape. <laughs> uh, I completely forgot about this, but uh, Juggalite Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Champion one time. Oh, of course he was. <laughs> yeah, of course he was. Uh, yeah. Uh, just, Honestly yeah. shocked he never got a TNA title run. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly shocked he never stuck around TNA to get a title run there because that place, like, screams Terry Funk. Uh, <laughs> like, in, in the early 2000s, like, the NWA TNA era, that would have been perfect for Terry to have a quick little NWA uh, title run. And No, I think he's only the one-time NWA champion because yeah. he won it in that match before... Uh, in Florida, because he's against Jack Briscoe and he's replacing his brother. Yeah. And then in the post-match interview, he's all upset that the rematch isn't in Amarillo, Texas. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I think the best way to describe Terry Funk, and I think we talked about this at the time of his passing, uh, the best way to describe him, he's your favourite wrestler's favourite wrestler. Indeed. <laughs> he's the wrestler that all wrestlers at the top of their game, look up to. They look at the way he punches, the way he sells, the way he talks during promos, the things he says during promos, his intensity walking to the ring, the his facial expressions, everything. There's not a thing that dude didn't do right. The only thing that was against him was maybe his look was a bit off, but that look fucking served him well. Indeed. <laughs> Uh, yeah. The day after the very sad news of the passing of Bray Wyatt, and I remember you, um, we talked about this on the air the same time we talked about Terry Funk's passing, and you said, I thought Triple H's Twitter was hacked because he said, Hall of Famer Mike Rotunda has uh, given me the sad news, and you said, hang on, Mike Rotunda's not in the Hall of Fame, this has got to be fake. Yeah. Oh. Uh I do wonder if that if that was like a uh, Freudian slip and something they have in the works. I do often think about that. Like, oh, did he accidentally spoil that or what? Like, is Mark Rotunda going in the Hall of Fame this year? Um, I'm not opposed to it, by the way. Um, yeah. Chuck him in the fugs pool. I'll have IRS. <laughs> you can have Honky Tonk, man. How's that? <laughs> oh, that'd be some—that'd be something fresh. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. Bray White. Oh, Bray. Oh man, I just—I feel like we were about to get the best version of Bray. I feel like we we're on the precipice of it. We saw signs of it when he returned in 2022. That promo that you'll hear in the spicy, spicy, where he just says his 
is being a version of himself that he hasn't let everyone see yet. And I feel like we're about to tap into something special and that breaks my heart. But the most, the thing that breaks my heart the most is how sudden and just out of nowhere this was. It went from like, oh yeah, Bray Wyatt's going to wrestle him. WrestleMania to all this mystery about his health and it's like oh okay or is he being punished what's going on here and then all of a sudden he's gone uh, yeah uh, it's still hard to digest to this day yeah it's hard to think that two of the three founding members of the White family are now gone yeah yeah but goddamn. There's some matches going on up in heaven, isn't there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can finally have Bray and Jay Briscoe. <laughs> um, can someone book up upstairs there? Can someone book Bruiser Brody and Vader versus uh, Harper and Wyatt? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, please. Thank you yeah. and please. Uh, yes. Um... Bray had so much untapped potential and it felt like Triple H had hired him back and we were getting somewhere and then he was taken off WrestleMania and then it was like... The the, the sad thing is the rumours were he's clear to come back for uh, SummerSlam or Survivor mm. Series, whichever It was SummerSlam. Yeah. And then like the same week it was like no he's passed <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was very very shocking um yeah i think the best way to describe bray wyatt is he was our like this generation's jake roberts i've yeah. been thinking about that he was our generation's jake roberts yeah he got a title run or whatever i'm like jake but like he was the guy that when he spoke, you listened. <laughs> sometimes, That's very true. sometimes, yes. Sometimes when he spoke, it was a little all over the shop. But when it was fucking good, you never forget it. Yeah, yeah. Like that image of um, the start of that show with the ten bell salute and uh, Harper. No, not Harper. My apologies. Um, Eric Rowan and Braun Strowman are on the front center of the stage. Yeah. Yeah. And just realize two of their best friends are gone in the space of three years. Of years. It just hits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it hurts. It hurts. It's uh, like, uh, I've always said, like, like, uh, Warwick Thompson and I, listener of the show Warwick Thompson and I, we used to, when NXT was like the rookie thing, we used to watch that together every week for some fucking reason. I don't fucking know. I guess we had nothing better to do. Uh, but, <laughs> so like each season we would like pick a rookie and be like, yeah, that's our boy. That's our boy. I picked, I picked Bray Wyatt. I picked... Well, I picked Husky Harris. That's my boy. I mean, his pro was Cody, so I was always going to pick him. <laughs> but, but, it was Warwick's uh, pick that season. Oh, hang on. Let me have a look at season two just to remember. 
I think he might have been real lame and picked the most obvious one. It was season two, right? I'm pretty um, sure, yeah. Yeah, NXT season two, roster. Um, uh, who was in it? Was, oh, yeah, he loved himself some Percy Watson, didn't you, Boris? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to Percy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, um, yeah, I think Warwick was a bit team Percy. He was a little, he was a bit team Alex Riley. But I was like, uh, I was very team Husky Harris. Uh, and Michael McGillicuddy was my second because anyone that is related to Mr. Perfect has to be good, right? Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> he was. Damn he it. just never got the, the booking he deserved. He got that IC title push around Father's Day, and that was it. But um, Warwick and I would always agree on our love for Eli Cottonwood. If you recall him, he was like seven oh, foot God. tall, and he cut this horrible promo about how he... <laughs> He doesn't have a mustache, but he has the best mustache. <laughs> no mustache is the best mustache, apparently. Oh, yeah. boy. Uh, from there, just a few more here uh, of note. Brett Wayne, a.k.a. Brett Sawyer, uh, passing away at the age of 63. Uh, numerous time champion across the NWA. Most notable being a... Uh, national heavyweight champion out of the Georgia promotion once mm. which uh, today's lineage goes into the current national heavyweight champion that is still around today. Who holds that at the moment? Uh, Thrill Billy. Oh yeah, no, he's good. We love Thrill Billy. Yeah, <laughs> it's still your boy Thrill Billy. Uh, also, uh, also of note, Joyce Grables, a uh, long-time mm. tag team partner of Wendy Richter, mm. uh, held the NWA United States Women's Championship once in the NWA Women's Tag Team Championship six times, free with Richter and uh, free with Vicky Williams. Uh, is also in the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame... Mm. Uh, class 2013, not the WWE Hall of Fame, and a few others. Uh, got inducted into the Women's Wrestling Hall of Fame Class of 2024 with Wendy Richter. Or will be inducted, I should say. Oh, okay. Class of 2024. But yeah, it, it, that's another con discussion we can have in a moment. Uh, last notable one here is Osamu which I'm probably mispronouncing, my apologies, Keto, uh, which Alex should be able to see on the screen. Osamu Keto, yeah, I'm not that familiar with him, but I yeah. have seen his face before, that's interesting. So he's like one of the, the people who helped Anoki form New Japan Pro Wrestling, sort of like one of the original guys on the roster, uh, was IWGP Tag Team Champion still the same current belt one time with uh, Miyada mm. Kira Miyada I believe I'm pronouncing that right mm. uh, retired from wrestling in 2010 
So yeah, I thought it was just worth, even though we're both not really that familiar with him, worth mentioning one of the sort of uh, behind-the-scenes founders or helpers of New Japan getting up off the ground with uh, Anoki. Mm. And that sort of uh, wraps up our in-memorial section there, humans. Uh, we're just going to play a brief clip here from uh, Miami talking about her time with Hardway Inc. And then we'll get into likely unlikelies. Everyone in Hardway Inc. has earned their spot. All of us have had to fight our way to get to where we are today. So you see, that's why we're going to destroy what you have. You don't deserve it, and you've done nothing to earn it. Trust me, you've never seen or encountered anything like us before. You may think you're united, you may think you have what it takes, but you can be sure of one thing, you'll all be tested. Likely unlikely. Likely unlikely. All right. 2023 likely unlikely picks. Let's see how we did, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Question one. Excluding New Japan Pro Wrestling, Tamashi's Oceania Cup, a wrestling show takes place in Riverina, New South Wales, slash Northeast Victoria by major promotion. We both said unlikely, and we're correct. I don't think either of us had fought... (laughs) At 14, A Impact Wrestling was going to run Wagga Wagga instead. No. Uh, second question. A PWA t- tour visits two of the following states slash territories in 2023. Tasmania, South Australia, Western Australia, the Northern Territory. Ooh. Or... Benji's very um, vocal about this. Quiet. All right. All right, back into it, guys. <laughs> uh, or the North or South Island of New Zealand. Alex had said likely, I had said unlikely, and I'm correct with uh, PWA not visiting any of those states this year. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, they were going to continue the Let's Fucking Go tour, but uh did not happen. Did not. Uh, either Mick Moretti or Jessica Troy travel to Japan for New Japan or Stardom. We'd both said likely that didn't happen with both only wrestling in Australia for New Japan Tamashi. Mm. Wasted. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Ugh. Troy should be going over to stardom. Uh, Velocity should be going over to Junior Tag League. Mm-hmm. And Moretti should be going over to Best of Super Juniors. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Japan Tamashi officially announces a partnership with uh, ANZ promotion similar to that of RevPro in the UK. We both said likely that did not happen. See, this is before no, New it Japan. Does, it, does a, it does appear that there's an unofficial partnership with PWA and um, Tamashi, but that's not officially announced. Yeah. This is when it was still unofficial last year, and they had announced the Wagga Wagga dates for New Japan and we're thinking oh okay surely some of this stuff will be announced for you know the the um, Oceania Cup show also Qantas go fuck yourselves with your two grand airfare tickets you pricks dickheads yeah cheaper to fly the states than it is domestically uh, last Aussie question here was a Victorian company overtakes MCW as the state's biggest wrestling 
uh, biggest promotion by the end of 2023. We'd both said likely. I don't think it's quite there yet. No, it hasn't happened. Yeah. Uh, I would say actually MCW's had a good year from everything I've heard of, from everything yeah. I've seen. But like I haven't seen a lot as as to why I haven't done domestic uh, awards this year. But um, from everything I've seen on Twitter, it seems like uh, MCW's doing good this year. We jump over to Alex's uh, likely unlikelies for the international. So we had Sasha Banks appears on AEW television. We've both said likely, and I both gave that the tick of approval because in Australia, uh, All in Wembley aired on television for free and not as a pay-per-view. And Sasha Banks <laughs> yeah. slash Mercedes Monet was prominently shown during that broadcast. I mean, even on pay-per-view, like... Pay-per-views, pay-per-views, you can watch on television. <laughs> <laughs> Semantics. <laughs> yeah. And AEW talent signs with WWE. We both said likely, and it turned out to be Jade Cargill. We, um, that's not what we were thinking, though, I don't think. No, I thought Jade, you know, is going to stay. She's going to, you know, maybe drop off for a few months after she finally drops this TBS title and then go after the real women's title. But, uh, yeah, but Jade, we're recording this before the Rumble. Jade Cargill appears in the Rumble. Your thoughts? Or is that why you're likely unlikely? Ooh, tease humans. We'll find out soon. Okay, question eight here. Someone who was brought back to WWE since Triple H took over, is released again. We both said likely, and unfortunately, that turned out to be Emma. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Emma, but also top dollar. (laughs) (laughs) How's Michael Cole going to make fun of him not being able to get over the top rope in the Rumble? Yeah, t- Top Dollar was the first one that came to mind when I was re- reviewing these questions that I wrote for last year. But yeah, yeah, Emma too. Yeah. Uh, Alex's easy, uh, easy ball question of Impact Wrestling survives 2023. We both said likely, and that turned out to be true. Did it? It did. It officially rebranded uh, in, January, in January 13th. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so technically Impact Wrestling died January 13th. So yeah. Um, but I mean there there is an asterisk because they did announce the death of Impact Wrestling in 2023. <laughs> uh, the NWA brackets National Wrestling Alliance survives 2023. Alex had said unlikely. I said likely but they're going to lose a lot more viewers and become niche viewing. (laughs) And it turned out to be likely. You are very correct in that whole thing, everything you just said. I I gave them less of a chance than I I should have, but, yeah, um, they still exist somehow. Yeah. Uh, NXT announces another branch of NXT outside of Europe (laughs) and North America. We both said likely. And that turned out to not be true. Even NXT Europe's not a thing. WWE forms an ongoing, keyword ongoing partnership with another promotion. Alex had said likely. I said unlikely. And it turned out to be All Japan Pro Wrestling is their new partner. 
Is that official? It is. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to change one of my questions for this year. That's all right. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestles again. Alex had said likely. I'd said unlikely. And that turned out to not be true. I mean, I wouldn't (laughs) oppose an Austin and Punk match, but I feel like we got the best send-off in an Austin-Kevin Owens match. Yeah, I I think that could happen more now that Punk's back. Mm. Remember WWE 13 when they were teasing that? They did the sit-down interview with Stone Cold and Punk. And JR. And JR. It was fucking amazing. It's one of my favorite fucking back-and-forth promos ever, and it wasn't even for anything, really. Yeah. Uh, AEW announces plans for an Australian tour. Alex had said unlikely. I said likely. And AEW, as of recording, not coming to Australia, New Zealand yet. Yeah. Uh, And question 15, WWE announces a premium live event in Australia, announces the keyword. Uh, We've both said likely, and that turns out to be true with uh, Elimination Chamber in Perth next month. It's uh, Even when that question was written, I didn't think it would be as canon of a premium live event as Elimination Chamber is. Yeah. Uh, Our weird predictions from last year. For Alex, Conrad buys the NWA, which is why you were thinking the NWA wasn't going to be around anymore. It was going to become like Jim Crocker promotions because of Conrad owning that. So Uh, that didn't happen. I said The Rock returns at WrestleMania, but not for a match. Didn't happen. Uh, Our second... (laughs) (laughs) The Rock cashes in on Cody. Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Our second weird prediction was, for Alex, Sam Punk versus Kenny Omega happens in 2023 on an AW pay-per-view. Shit! (laughs) Whereas I had said Ring of Honor, War of the Worlds takes place, except it's Ring of Honor versus AEW. Ah, yes. Could have happened. Couldn't even happen. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we'll just do Willow Nightingale versus Willow Nightingale, (laughs) AEW versus ROH. (laughs) This was before Honor Club TV came back and Tony Khan was still touting around that it's a separate entity. Speaking of Ring of Honor being a separate entity, here, enjoy this clip. So we go here to March 2nd, and it is Tony Khan acquiring Ring of Honor from Sinclair as a separate entity from All Elite Wrestling. Fucking nuts. With this announcement, live on Dynamite, there was a lot of hope, and uh, I'll uh, touch on how I think the uh, the following nine months of uh, Ring of Honor played out. Yep. Worst streaming service went to Ring of Honor Honor Club. For closing down completely after the Sinclair sale to Tony Khan. And then Tony Khan only announces its relaunch an hour into the final battle press conference. Yeah, get fucked. Yeah, ridiculous. This seems like a good place to have this discussion. Mm -hmm. It's almost 
a year since the uh, Ring of Honor final battle and Tony Khan announced, hey, Honor Club's coming back. And I'm thinking, okay, Honor Club's coming back. Ring of Honor will be its own thing separate from AEW. Yeah. There's no separation, is there? No, not at all. Here's the problem with me being like a, a long-time fan of Ring of Honor, especially the Sinclair era. The the Ring of Honor like champions, especially this past year, whilst they're great wrestlers, I think everyone except for maybe one or two have been contracted to AEW of the current or past wrestler. Mm. I, I want Ring of Honor to do well, but there is it has just become like Ring of the Elite. It's not even their version of NXT because it doesn't really seem to benefit anyone who's in developmental. It's just like, hey, here's this extra brand. We can put all these belts on people who aren't really doing anything at the moment. Hey, for you, bloody death before dishonor, isn't it? Coming up? Yep. No, final battle. Final battle's the end of the year one. Uh, final battle at December 15th. Curtis Corwell Center in Garland, Texas. Like, nothing's been announced since under a month. Yeah. I'd, actually, I'll double-check on Cage Match, but I don't think there is. Yep. Have you been watching any Ring of Honor other than what's on AEW TV? No, no. I I like my life too much. Um, I have Honor Club, and even I don't watch that much. There's no reason to. Because there's no separation. And also, like, tell me what the difference is between Ring of Honor and Dark. <laughs> Nothing. Just the, just the first three initials on the TV show. Yeah. There, there is no fucking difference. It's just... Yeah. It's the same fucking thing, except at least... Ring of Honor has title belts and Dark didn't. I'm sure. Okay, is it similar to when WWE gutted ECW and brought it back? Because that's kind of what it's starting to feel like. It's just that name in spirit. But it is essentially just AEW presents Ring of Honor. It's like WWE presents ECW on sci-fi. Yeah. Because that's how it's starting to feel. Uh, they're going to have their... The only match confirmed is this six-way for the uh, vacated World TV title. Where there's a bunch of singles matches and the to qualify and the winner goes through to the tournament final. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, man, I'm just... Little bit over TK, little bit over him. Yeah, does not deserve Booker of the Year. Not a fucking chance. All right, so, uh, yeah, Ring of Honor basically, Ring of Honor on sci fi, except it's on Honor Club. Alex. Care to have a stab of which championship was defended the most on on a club slash Ring of Honor pay per view this year, and which was the least defended on I'm Ring gonna, of Honor? 
I, I'm gonna guess the least defended was the ROH World Title. Uh, no. Oh, the tag titles. Yes. Yep. Um, Three on most... Ring of Honor, ten on AEW. Most defended <laughs> might be like the. Oh, are you counting AEW as well? No, no, just the Ring of Honor titles across Ring okay. of Honor or AEW TV. I, I, I reckon the most defended on AEW might be the six man belts. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's a, it's a, it's the um the world tag belts were the oh, most defended on AEW. Free um, Ring of Honor, ten AEW. Uh the television title most defended. No, the pure title. Most defended on ROH TV. It's second. 12 yes. Ring of Honor, free AEW. So you probably forgot about this title existing because it has had zero defenses on AEW and 14 on Ring of Honor. That is Athena's Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. Uh, I was thinking that was a possibility, <laughs> but fuck me. Yeah. You sometimes forget that Athena's a wrestler. Um, yeah. yeah, she's, she's the very, only. <laughs> she's very fucking good too. She's yeah. so wasted there. All right, uh, should we get into our fifth annual Wazzy Awards now that I've uh, got that off my system? And yeah, I'm going to be classing Ring of Honor AEW as sort of one thing because there is no fucking separation. Fuck you, Tony Khan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fifth annual Wazzies for our. Best and worst of pro wrestling from the year of 2023. We kick things off with moment of the year. We award this domestically for the best moment that made you feel happy to be a wrestling fan. Uh, Alex, last year you had said MCW, Buddy Matthews returns home. I had said PWA, Cherry Stevens is the first person to kick out Jimmy Townsend's schoolboy. I can probably give a off-the-cuff answer for this. Yeah? I don't think... Any moment surpasses domestically the announcement of Elimination Chamber in Perth. Yeah, like, I think it was like 85,000 fans pre-registered for tickets. Yeah. So it shows that the demand is there for the local scene. Yeah. It's just converting those WWE and AEW international fans into... Local fans. Here's the thing, though, and I will say this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if they would get that sort of numbers if they came here every year. For a ah, I see what you mean. They're sort of starving the fan base, and then going, "Hey, we can run a stadium show now." It's been five years. Yeah, the yeah the thing of like um the rule of diminishing returns, right? Like, yeah, I I don't think it. Like, if they did it next year, they might have to be announce it for a smaller arena. And then if they did it for the year after, like, then eventually you're going to start doing the fucking Rod Lavers for PLEs. And you're going to start doing the Margaret Courts and all that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing, but I think, yeah, this got so much buzz because it's been so long. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. For myself, I said uh, honourable mentions go to uh, international tours return across Australia. So the NWA touring, 
Impact Wrestling Touring and GC, GCW Co-Touring with Renegades of Wrestling. Not sure if Mick fucking Gage made it in the country or not. Mm. Uh, honorable mention to at Wrestle Kingdom, Zack Sabre Jr. accept Mikey Nichols and Shane's Hayes offer to join TMDK. That is huge. A honourable mention to the growth of the Queensland scene and this four-way Queensland strong partnership between Pro Wrestling League, Wide Bay Pro Wrestling, Queensland Wrestling Alliance, and United Pro Wrestling. Yep. I gave my award this year to Slam Pro Wrestling League's uh, event of Rage in the Cage, drawing a crowd of 1,713 in attendance for this promotion that most people consider a smaller promotion across the country. Yeah. 1,713. Yeah, that Incredible. is huge. That is amazing. Yeah. For a promotion I had barely heard of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's sort of one of those ones that slides under the radar. All right. Uh, next award is Weekly Series of the Year. Uh, we award this both best and worst internationally. Last year for best, Alex had said WWE SmackDown. I'd said TNA Impact. What do you got this year, mate? This is something I never thought I would say. Never, ever. Because if you look at the inception of the worst portion of this award, this used to be a regular feature in it. But honestly... Overall, I get the most excitement about watching my best show of the year internationally, WWE Raw. I can't believe I'm saying that. (laughs) But, yeah. So, like, when we start talking about the worst ofs, I think I, yeah, well, actually, you've got it in front of me right now. Yeah. What was it, four years in a row you gave it worst? Yeah, will it be a fifth this year? (laughs) Oh, yeah, you've never given it to anything else. I gave the first two years of this show, of this awards, I gave it to Raw. But honestly, with the Cody stuff, with the Seth stuff, with the Judgment Day stuff, with Gunther, like there's just stuff that you must watch on Raw each week. With having champions that show up. Exactly. And sure, last year was SmackDown. It was great. I want to justify that. It does seem weird in hindsight, but that was the peak of the the Sami Zayn fucking bloodline stuff. That was amazing. That was before it jumped the shark. And let's be honest, it's fucking jumped the shark. Uh, There's not much worth watching on SmackDown at the moment. I only just remembered as I'm talking right now that SmackDown was on today. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. But Raw, I I do go out of my way to watch each week. Like Dynamite, sometimes I go out of my way to watch it live, but like I can usually wait. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Other shows, yeah, we'll talk about at some point. But yeah, fuck me. I can't believe it. Raw's great. All right. So for me, honorable mention, WWE Raw. (laughs) (laughs) But 
I do have to give it to a show that I really enjoy, and that is, once again, TNA Impact. Well, I've just started watching TNA again this year. So, since the rebrand, and I will say, they are leading, they are leading thus far. All right. So, we go to Worst Internationally. Last year, Alex had said AEW Rampage. I'd said WWE Raw. The streak is over. What will be the worst of the worst this year? Oh, my goodness. The streak is over. I'd be worried if you gave it an honourable mention for best and then somehow it still got in the worst. Um, Oh, my goodness. Hang on. I'm just scrolling to find where I wrote this. I am all over the shop here. (laughs) You and I have a different order for things. (laughs) So I need... need we do need to come come together and fucking sort that shit out. So I've got shit in different orders than you. Um, even though you, we, we do it the same order every fucking year, but for some reason I have it written in the wrong fucking order because I'm an idiot! Um, do you want me to go whilst you find it? <laughs> no, no, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Um, so... Welcome to the Wazzies, a show that didn't exist before last year, I don't think. <laughs> a show that was announced last year. Welcome, Collision. For me, I can't give them worst of because they're on Sunday. I work 12 hours. I come home. I'm not <laughs> watching it every week. I'm going out my way to watch whatever match it is tomorrow. I think it's a Nagata match got announced. Yeah, Nagata versus Danielson. Yeah, so I'm going out of my way to watch that match, but yeah, most weeks I don't watch Collision. Uh, anything else you have to add there? Um, yeah, Collision for me, it, it was announced basically as fucking as a thing to try to keep CM Punk. And then when they got rid of CM Punk, it just feels like a fucking, it feels like a second and third hour of Rampage. Let's be real. (laughs) Um, It is absolutely uh, must not bother seeing television. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I've never, for the first few weeks, I was excited about Collision, but god damn it, I just do not give a fuck. Yeah, if you got the choice of watching footy on the weekend or cricket or Collision, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Tomorrow, am I watching Collision or the Royal Fucking Rumble? Oh yeah, that's true too. <laughs> yeah, that, that's another thing. Freaking yeah, A A W need well. Yeah. Okay. For me, honourable mentions. NXT. Yeah, half the time, I don't know what they're doing on that show. Mm. Uh, Honourable mention to Rampage, which, I mean, is just basically nothing. Honourable mention to Mm. Collision because of the day it airs. I do not watch it all the time. Honourable mention to Dynamite. Because 
one storyline in particular just dragged out for six months this year and just killed my interest in watching. <laughs> but my award goes to Ring of Honor on a Club TV. Just if you love Dark, you're going to love this. If you hate having 15 squash matches in 90 minutes, you're going to hate this. Mm. That's all this show is. Squash match, squash match, squash match, back base promo, squash match, squash match, championship 10-minute proving ground match, squash match, squash match, 20-minute main event. <laughs> mm. It fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, no. The only, the only reason to have on a club is to go back and watch um, to go back and watch past years uh, past archived events. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. Category three streaming service of the year. Now, this is a category that we both were beginning to feel was getting a bit uh, stale. So here's some ideas for you, Alex, of possibly changing it to best or worst gimmick best or worst championship or best or worst non-wrestling media like a documentary, book, podcast, backstage show, etc. I like gimmick and championship. Can we have them both? Can we do it off the top of our head now? <laughs> okay. Uh, best gimmick. Best gimmick of 2023? I think... I think we're going to have to give it to a fucking local here. I'm going to give it to Timeless Tony Storm. Yes, absolutely. Um, hang on. Let's quickly think of worst gimmick, yeah? I uh, know. I'm going to quickly think of worst gimmick while you think of best, or you agree with Timeless I agree with Timeless Tony Storm. I have. Uh, honorable mention. To the Judgment Day. I yes. can't fucking believe that, but yeah. Honourable mention to the Judgment Day. Honourable mention to yet. I, As soon as you said best gimmick, I was throwing it up between two female Aussies. How crazy is that? I was like, yeah. is, it, is it Rhea or Tony? Absolutely. Legitimately, by the way, with Rhea Ripley, she's fucking huge on TikTok now. And I say that because there's, like, people I bowl with at the bowling alley, like, that are, like, in the early 20s, and they're like, oh, yeah, you like wrestling? Uh, what's that? Um, do, do you know that, like, Aussie chick? She's a wrestler. She looks all goth. What's her name? Yeah, I see her on TikTok all the time. <laughs> well, yeah. mommy's always on top and always on TikTok as well, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and I just said, you do not talk about my mum. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, worst. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, QTV. Oh, that's yeah. That's that's good. That's a a real good option. Um, dare I say I'm gonna give it to something that had the potential of being a fucking amazing gimmick, but because of how it all played out. And how it all dragged out. And I think you might agree with me on this. Yeah. The de the devil. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh boy. 
Championships? Uh, best championship. Uh, that's... Okay, honourable mention to Athena, but best would have to be the IC title and just yeah. how much work Gunther's been doing with it. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. As soon as you said best championship, I'm thinking Gunther. I'm thinking IC title. I, as soon as you say best anything, I... I'd go in my brain and go, all right, well, Gunther's obviously an option here. Gunther was an option for best gimmick in my head there for a second, but I'd, but there was two better. There was two better, but yeah. Um, th- you don't beat the IC title, right? No. <laughs> no not it for is, the past year. It is, and I will give honourable mentions to the World Heavyweight Championship. They have done a tremendous job building that up at the moment. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think Se- I think Seth has had a fantastic fucking title reign. Um, <laughs> I-, I honestly will give an honourable mention to the latter half of the year for the TNT Championship. Pretty much as soon as Christian Cage touched it for the first time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a fair point too. Before that, it was just sort of nothing, nothing happening. Yeah, there was that, that fucking the Joe Wardlow fucking thing. Um, I I think Joe did a fantastic job with ROH TV Championship. I'd, I'd Samoa Joe was the king of television. Was a good gimmick of twenty twenty three. Yeah, just, yeah. Um, it was only about a month. Yeah, but what could have been there? Um, yeah. So, uh, worst championship. <laughs> Uh, take your pick of almost any Ring of Honor championship other than the women's, which hardly gets defended off with Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say the Ring of Honor world title because you had your biggest show of the year and you did not defend the title there. It's basically like if Roman went to WrestleMania, didn't defend his title, but had uh, whatever they called their proving ground matches for like two years ago championship opportunity matches. I forget the name WWE was using, but basically like, oh, if you beat me in 10 minutes, you get a championship match at Backlash France, not at WrestleMania. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, For my selection, I'm going to do, I'm going to give an award to this title. I feel like this uh, this category was made for this title, but Tony Khan's done a good job of trying to keep me distracted away from these titles, but I'm going to give it to him. The WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Yeah, that's a fair shout to <laughs> yeah. yeah, this should be called the WWE Tag Team Championship, Women's Tag Team Championships Award. <laughs> um, like, oh, boy. Yeah, doomed from the beginning and been doomed all year. Very true. Uh, but as we get into the award proper here, it is uh, streaming service of the year. So best internationally. Last year, a clean sweep for AW Plus on Fight. What do you got this year, Alex? Okay, I'm just going to go. Uh, this isn't, I guess this is more of an Aussie-based thing, I guess. Yeah. Because of how it is here. But I'm going to give it to WWE on Binge. Because... <laughs> It yeah. has been great. I've been 
I've been loving using it. It took a while for them to get going, but now they're going, and it's going good. I'm loving it. Well, I've given an honourable mention to AW in Australia on ASPN with Foxtel slash Binge KO. Mm. My award is the exact same as you, WWE Network on Foxtel uh, slash Binge KO. So I specifically say Binge because... Basically, it's split up into two categories, right, with the WWE deal in Australia. You basically watch the live stuff on KO and you watch the old stuff on Binge. Yeah. That's essentially how it works. Because there isn't a back catalogue on KO and the live streaming on Binge is a bit dodgy. So, so yeah, um Mainly, I enjoy the back catalogue on Binge and how it's presented and all that, and it's I actually find it a lot easier to find. Also, on Binge, if if you got an iPhone or whatever, you log into Binge on Safari on your internet browser, and then you watch it through that instead of the app, and then you can uh, watch it in picture-in-picture while you're doing shit on your phone. That's so good. Yeah. Oh, I also forgot to mention that last year Alex gave an honourable mention to Amazon Prime for also including Paramount Plus in their package. <laughs> uh, Was that wor- so I could watch Survivor? Fuck yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> worst internationally for 2022, Alex had said WWE Network and I had said Ring of Honor Honor Club. Um, uh, what do you got uh, this year? Oh, man, worst is tough for me because now I'm at the point where it's like, if it's bad, I just don't use it. Um, That's what I mean with this category too. Usually it's like, oh, yeah, you're sort of limited yourself to not really a lot of options. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to have to go... Oof. Um... I'm going to have to go New Japan World because still it's just so hard to navigate. They've got an app now. Yep. Which is good. Before you used to have to use the browser on your phone or whatever, but now they've got an app, but it's still so hard to navigate and it's so it's so impossible to find like the English content. Yeah, I I agree with you as an honorable mention for New Japan World just for its technical errors plaguing its relaunch including wrestle kingdom itself this year Mm -hmm. but yeah uh yeah finding anything in english especially through the app or smart tv if you're using the app on a smart tv can be a pain in the ass Mm -hmm. uh also honorable mention for worst streaming service of the year alex mentioned amazon prime last year i've got to mention disney plus for turning Doctor Who into an American version with Marvel and shit, and viewers would rather watch Gladiators than Doctor Who now in the UK. Yeah, Great al- job, Disney. Also, fuck you, Netflix, too, because you guys are way too expensive. Eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, my worst streaming service internationally went to the NWA on fight for effectively giving their TV deal to NXT. <laughs> all right Fucking idiots best domestically uh last year it said 
uh, Alex had said the Aussies on fight. So that was like PWA, Renegades of Wrestling, Melbourne City Wrestling, and FWA. I just said PWA on fight. Um, I've watched like one show on fight. I watched like an MCW show on fight last year. So yeah. by default, it's that. <laughs> okay. MCW on fight for you. Uh, yep. For me, I said RCW, so Reddit, uh, Right City Wrestling on YouTube. Yeah, um, I would have given an honourable mention to Mayhem on YouTube too. Um, yeah, Mayhem. I, I love Mayhem. They also use ECW pay-per-view names. I don't know how they get away with it, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> your, boy, your boy just really loves taking that Paul Heyman approach to the next level. <laughs> Yeah, it's better to ask for forgiveness instead of permission. <laughs> Fuck it. Isn't the way, like, UFC gets around music royalties, they play it through the system's PA speakers and not through the broadcast system? Yeah, and that's what ACW used to do. <laughs> it sounds like shit on the broadcast, but technically you can get away with it. Yeah. All right. Announcer or announced team of the year? For best year nationally last year, Alex had said Excalibur and William Regal, a combination that we didn't get again. And I'd said Caprice Coleman of Ring of Honor, who was uh, appearing a lot on AEW television for Ring of Honor matches. Okay, I'm going to go something really different this year, okay? Yeah. Announcer of the year. I feel like this person is starting to get their flowers. But I've really been noticing it the past 12 months. Yeah. And my announcer of the year is a ring announcer, and it is Samantha Irving of the WWE. Fair enough. Yeah, I think she does a fantastic job. She she has particular people that she does unique uh, in, introductions for. She puts her own twist on things. It's incredible. She's very, very good. Uh, for me, honourable mention to Bobby Cruz of Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. God deserves his flowers too. <laughs> no, but you said Samantha Irving. She does do well. Uh, also, honourable mention to Michael Colin Wade Barrett of WWE. Mm-hmm. My award goes to, I guess they're sort of an announced duo. They mainly work backstage, however, from AEW, Renee Young and RJ City. Fucking, why didn't I even think of that? But that's a, <laughs> that's very good. That's very good. I wanted, my goal this year was to oh, wait. do something a bit different. But yeah, that's a very good fucking mention. It's Renee Paquette. <laughs> Renee Paquette. Yes. Yeah, very good choice. Uh, so, worst internationally for 2022. Alex had said Jimmy Smith, and I had said from AW, Mike Tyson for the November 4th edition of Rampage. I was just what? looking at the 2021 award, and, <laughs> and your, your award in 2021 was. All of WWE except Nigel McGuinness, <laughs> which is so true. That's what so about true. the year before? 2020 is all of WWE except Nigel McGuinness and Samoa Joe. <laughs> <laughs> all 
Oh, yes. man. Um, so my award for this year, um, you can tell he's trying, but it's just not clicking. Kevin Patrick, man. From yes, Smackdown. and uh, <laughs> try no more. And bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. Um, yeah, that sort of happened all of a sudden. It was like, okay, we're going to take the training wheels off you now, and uh, Cole's going over the other show, and uh, you're going to be solo, and uh, it's gone. And it's gone. Yeah. Uh, so I had honourable mention here, or dishonourable mention, Vic Joseph and Booker T, because Booker T's like, yeah, Roxanne Perez, and then he's like, somebody else comes out who's a heel, and it's like, yeah, the heel. And I'm just like, are you supposed to be cheering the baby faces or the heel booker? I don't get it. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. my my worst team of the year, and this mainly goes to their bickering sometimes takes away from the product in the ring. AEW, Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, and Taz. Yep. It, it, it used to be cute. Yep. It used to be cute, and now it's just... They, they, found, they found that people were loving their little bantering, but now they've given nothing but that. And forgotten about the in-ring product. Yeah. Uh, best domestically. Uh, last year, Alex had said, from Wrestle Rock, Chris Fresh and Julian James. I'd said from PWA, Andrew Rose and Chris Gale. Uh, this year, I go to Wright City Wrestling for Big Brody Marshall. Nice. Um this is one of the ones where I really don't feel comfortable giving an award this year, but the only show I've, shows I've watched were like Mayhem and MCW shows. So we'll give it to MCW <laughs> and their commentary team. I don't even remember who's on it. Fair enough. Uh, category five. Uh, on the Michael promo of the year, so we start things off best internationally. Last year, Alex had said, AEW, Sam Park at the All Out Media Scrum. I'd said TNA for AJ Styles sending in a video of Impact Wrestling. Here's to the next 20 years. Uh, what do you got for this year? Because I've got one that'll really make you happy. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um... <laughs> So, my best promo of the year. Um, I'm just going to give it to a particular individual this time around, um, just based on overall performances of the year. And I have to give it to Christian Cage. Ah, very good. Yeah. uh, His promos I can't miss. They've become a meme. He's lent into the meme. Um, And, yeah, he's just... So entertaining. His can't miss. Yeah. So a bunch of honourable mentions from me, including A.W. Christian Cage, like your father's dead. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We have from Noah, the great Muta finding a baby on the mountainside and spits mist into the baby's face. (laughs) The best. Uh, Of course, A.W. Timeless Tony Storm. Yep. We have AEW, hey, EW, RJ City interviews Minoru Suzuki. 
It's really funny that there's so much AEW mentions, but AEW aren't very aren't a very promo heavy company. It's almost like they aren't accentuating their strengths. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, saying. AEW, Prince Nana, mostly yep. for the dancing. Yep. Uh, WWE, LA Knight, yeah. He had a fucking career year, that's for sure. Uh, a local uh, note here of GCW, Maki Ito starts saying, you are cunt chance in Australia. Fuck yeah. Uh, I guess this is from the indies or the internet. Bill Goldberg bitching about not getting a retirement match from Vince McMahon. Hey, you know who else didn't get a retirement match? Bret Hart. Shut the fuck up. Fucking hell. <laughs> I mean, I mean, technically, oh no, he he technically did, but <laughs> it, it wasn't planned. <laughs> uh, Will Ospreay confronting Shota Umino at the press conference before Power Struggle, basically saying, "Hey, bruv, I need to know that you're going to step up if I leave, bruv." Yeah. Uh, what else do I have on here that I didn't mention? Oh, yeah. From the all-in press conference of AEW, hello! It's Jay Hunter. Fuck yeah. <laughs> okay, my final honourable mention, which is second, which is mostly just to pop Alex because I think he forgot. AEW Satoshi Kojima via Twitter. My elbow drop hit his cock. Sorry, but it's not on purpose. Accident because I don't have that kind of technology. Fucking amazing. Oh, I did forget about that. That's so good. But my best promo internationally, Grayson Waller, for telling the Swifties to shake it off as they're the worst fan community online. Fucking oath. Uh, okay. Worst internationally. Uh, last year, we both agreed on Sam Punk at the All Out Media Scrum. Yep. <laughs> well, what do you got this year? Ah, uh, yes. It's almost similar. Uh, the worst promo of the year, mainly because of the effects it had on this particular company, is Jack Perry saying, cry me a river at All In. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good honourable mention from me, but yeah, I agree for all the same reasons you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, not only did it lead to CM Punk punching him in the mouth, <laughs> um, it led to CM Punk getting fired, which led to a lack of interest. Uh, it led to a drop-off in AEW, which led to a, eventually Jack Perry getting suspended. It, it eventuated to two of the, those two guys just no longer being in the fucking company. Um, yeah. And it led to WWE getting one of their most viral fucking videos of all time of Sam Punk returning at Survivor Series. So, yeah. Jack Perry, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Uh, for me, honourable mention to that, as well as Alex is going to love this honourable mention. AEW story time with Adam Cole, baby. Thank you. From WWE, Cody Rhodes constantly asking, what do you guys want to talk about? No, fuck off. <laughs> uh, January 18th, 
this is for Warner Brothers Discovery, not allowing them to do a tribute show to Jay Briscoe, but then immediately airing Dana White afterwards saying he can slap the shit out of anyone on his power slap show. Yep, fuck them. Uh, just two quick notes here of what the fans labelled as semi-racist promos. One from MJF towards Kanosuke Takesta, calling him take a shitter. And then one from um, Juice Robinson towards MJF about money. Yep, yeah. that, one, that one sucked. That sucked. Uh, great Mudo backstage at the New Japan Wrestle Kingdom show. Uh, talking about Nakamura, the less said about that, the better. Yep, Kenny the way he said it, that just, yeah, haunts me. Uh, Jericho and Omega, the Winnipeg Jets. The Golden Jets. No, no, the promo specifically calling themselves the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, fuck me, that promo. Oh, <laughs> And you forgot again. <laughs> no, I just thought you were just talking about them in general, which I would have agreed with. But... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, AEW, Tiefly on Rampage, take 23. Action. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Forgot about that. Jesus. Mercedes Monet debut promo in the ring at Wrestle Kingdom 17. Oh, dude, I forgot all about that one. Yeah, I did hate that. that oh, that probably could have been a winner for me, too. <laughs> Uh, AEW, anything to do with the devil? Yeah, fair. AEW, Roderick Strong screaming Adam. It was cute for a week. <laughs> it got grating after that, which is a lot of what AEW does. They they find a meme and they just fucking hammer it to death. Uh, WWE, Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes drunk at the press conference. Like, had this been the other way around, all the WWE fans would have used that as firing bait towards AEW. Yeah, but I will say, yeah, sure, the the reason behind it is kind of problematic, but fuck me, it was entertaining, dude. <laughs> I thought, do you feel him, sir? <laughs> Yeet. Uh, Yeet. Was that SummerSlam? That was uh, Payback, I think. Yeah, it was the pay-per-view after SummerSlam. Okay, because also on here, that one reporter at SummerSlam who legitimately asked Ayo if she'll fight Taylor Swift at WrestleMania. Yeah, what the fuck is going on there? But also, <laughs> I kind of want it. Uh, and then my worst on the mic slash promo of the year is Anytime Tony Khan makes a special announcement. Yeah, fuck off, Dixie <laughs> Carter. Uh, okay, best domestically. Uh, da, 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 da. Last year, Alex had said from MCW, Rocky Monero, and I had said uh, Renegades are wrestling. Rocky Hendricks, Kane is two core values of Aussie wrestling from We Are Renegades. Yeah. Um, this year... Of note for me, honourable mentions, Bobby Bishop cutting the Why No Queensland uh, yep. during a WSW video. Uh, the complete history of the Wright City Wrestling Women's Championship, which is an hour-long video that uh, Wright City Wrestling put up. 
but for me, it is the hype video for the title unification match uh, leg- titled Legacy and Evolution from Wright City Wrestling. Yeah. And uh, I, I'll just quickly throw in my two cents. Rocky Monero can have it back-to-back years on my end because his uh, his work as the GM, as the authority role in MCW, has been fantastic. Yep, wholeheartedly agree. All right, Category 6, Feud or Rivalry of the Year? Best in nationally last year, Alex had said... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing. AEW... <laughs> <laughs> All uh, the elite versus CM Punk, A Still, and Larry the Dog in brackets. CM Punk's legit pet dog. <laughs> <laughs> because on paper, <laughs> like in five, six years' time, we can go, is Larry the Dog a wrestler? <laughs> yeah, fucking oath. Uh, and I'd said WWE Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Uh, what do you got this year, man? I think uh, this is the feud that has uh, benefited WWE the most. It has helped drive ticket sales for WWE. It has benefited them greatly. I think it was a fantastic feud for them. And I give this to feud of the year, CM Punk versus Jack Perry. I mean, I can't argue with your numbers. The the positive impact that that feud has had for WWE has been insane. And also the positive impact that feud has had on New Japan since Jack Perry showed up there. The numbers for his show up at fucking New Japan was huge. So guess what? That feud did more for every other company except AEW. But guess what? It still had somehow a positive effect on the business as a whole, just not for AEW. Yeah. Uh, so for me, quick honourable mention here: the Elite versus Death Triangle, their best of seven uh, trios title series. Mm-hmm. Honourable mention for the memes: Cody Rhodes versus Rubber Chicken from WrestleMania Night Two. God damn it. <laughs> but my best feud of the year, and I really struggled to find like a real standout one for the year. And it has to be Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. The return of the old Shinsuke. Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, it, it just feels like, oh yeah, we haven't seen this Shinsuke in like seven years. <laughs> yeah. Um, Worst feud of the year. Last year, Alex had said Judgment Day versus anyone else, whereas I had said Wardlow versus Mark Sterling and Security. This was after Wardlow had just gone his big win over MJF and looked like he might be going towards the AEW title picture, but no. Can we um break from the chains of normal here for a second and you go first on this? Yeah, sure. So for me, honourable mentions. <laughs> WWE, Cody Rhodes versus The Bloodline. Fuck off. WWE, Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. Fuck off. (laughs) WWE, Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. Fair. 
Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Fair. <laughs> I guess this is from the internet. <laughs> AEW versus WWE fans. Yep. That's uh, a good shout. <laughs> uh, my uh, runner-up is AEW management versus wrestlers. Public displeasure. Fights requesting for leave. Fines for Twitter use. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, but my award goes to MJF versus Adam Cole slash the devil from August to December 2023. So I, I wanted you to go first because I had a feeling you were going to say that. And I agree. That is my worst feud of the year. MJF versus the devil. <laughs> it just it just dragged out for so long. Mm-hmm. And now, where's MJF on TV? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, he's possibly injured, but whatever. Like, we benefited nothing from that. No. All right. Uh, best domestically last year, Alex had said MCW of Rocky Bonero versus Slex. I'd said PWA for MK plus Ultra versus the Velocities. Yeah. Uh, this year, I go to Wright City Wrestling for Delta versus Mickey Fortune. Yep, uh, I'll stick out of this because I only saw a few shows. I don't want to, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Rising Star of the Year is our next category. Best Male Internationally. Last year, Alex had said, oh, geez, doesn't this age badly? Alex had said Powerhouse Hobbs. Fuck me. I'd said Mike Bailey. Uh, what do you got this year? Oh, uh, well, I think I might shock you on this because I'm very high on this man. Yeah. I'm very, very high on this man. He is fantastic. Um, and it's from a company I don't talk about as much as I used to anymore, but it is from New Japan, Yoto Suji. Oh, yeah, that's a really good choice. Uh, so, I, c I see him as possibly being Japan's edge. That That's a fair, fair uh, mention well, like as well. Like Nakamura, Nakamura meets edge and you've got Suji. With a little bit of test sprinkled in, <laughs> the way he wrestles sometimes, there's a bit of test in there. And guess what? That's not a bad thing. We love test. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't love their testicles? We love their testicles. We love testicles here. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's a, that's a really good mention. I did mention him before he left for Excursion in 2020, and now that he's come back, you can see the growth in him. Mm. And it should be a career year for him. He should be taking part in the New Japan Cup. And mm. depending on what they're going to do with the G1 this year with the new president in charge... Uh, needs to be slimmed down in my opinion but yeah he should have a really good year uh for me mm -hmm. i said honorable mention to mark briscoe's singles wrestler year i felt it could have gone a little better but you know he's still got it to be able to hang as a singles wrestler at least mm -hmm. i just gotta mention that espn gave their award for best debut to cm punk Yep, fair. <laughs> All right. and uh, But for me, I said from AEW, Nick Wayne. 
Yep. Good good shout. Good shout. Uh, following that, uh, best female internationally last year, Alex had said Cora Jade. I mean, oh. it's just unfortunate what's happened there. Yeah, she uh, just comes back from injury and does her ACL again. Like, oh. Yeah, and I'd said uh, from GCW, Kid Bandit. Yeah, good shout uh, too. What do you got this year? Oh, yeah, also someone else who was injured for most of the year. So they they both had uh, pretty oh, uh, bad years, yeah. Well, let's name people we don't like then. <laughs> nah, um, nah, let's hope that this person breaks the curse because uh, I see unlimited potential. She's sort of in a sidekick role at the moment, but I think she'll break out of it this by the end of the year, she'll be on her own two feet, doing her own thing. She's got tremendous in-ring potential and a million-dollar look. Good on the mic. Uh, I'll give it to, uh, for rising star female, Mariah May from AEW. Yeah. I agree with that, yeah. really. I think, yeah, it's just, uh, it, it's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. Big things to come there, especially yeah. uh, if they are going to do the eventual turn on Tony with her. Yep. And uh, I, I would like to see Tony turn face out of that. Ooh. Yep. Because Tony, by the time that it's ready to split everything off, Tony's going to be over. Like, in a, she's going to be getting positive crowd reactions just because of the nature of the gimmick. It's entertaining. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Uh, for me, I just said Sky Blue from AEW. Yeah, she's she's on the come up too. And here's the thing, like I have shat on AEW a lot in these awards, but there is so much potential. Let's just hope they live up to it. Yeah, yeah, and they've definitely got it all there. Uh, best male domestically last year, Alex had said Kid Valiant. I'd said Nikki Van Blair. So yeah. this year, I go to PWA and I go to Nathan Pigeon. Nice. Uh, I can't. I can't be a judge on this one this year. Um, but yeah, good choice. Uh, last year for best female domestically, Alex had said Lena Cross. I had said Rochelle Rogue. This year, yeah. I'm going over to Right City Wrestling for Violent Blitz. Violet Blitz. Nice. Yeah, somebody new to the scene or at least to that level who should have big things to come. Yep. All right, uh, so now we get to tag team trio or faction of the year. This used to be split into male and female awards, uh, but now it's going to be open gender. We've just got a short little clip here to play for you humans, and we'll be back in a moment. Now, Award 25, Best Female Domestically. Originally, there was a lot more women's tag teams, and then the pandemic happened, and because some tag team partners are across state borders or live in different towns, there hasn't really been this much the past few years. So, if yeah. you don't have one this year, you can abstain from voting, and we'll uh, review how we feel about this next year. Uh, yeah, I... I had NA written down here. I couldn't do it. So no. I think uh, next year 
we're going to see how it plays out uh, 2023 for women's tag team wrestling in this country. Otherwise, yeah. it might be a uh, award that we uh, remove yeah. going forward. Yeah, for sure. Did you see the message I sent you during the week? About uh, the categories, yes. Yeah, so this match, and I'm just like, oh, my God. WWE is back to about four women's tag teams on the main roster because they can afford to split up teams in this stacked division. Apparently, yeah. So I sent Alex a message just saying about the Wazzies proposing a change because it looks like the only credible North American promotions with women's tag teams going to be NWA that we both rarely watch and Mm -hmm. Impact that Alex only sometimes watches. So it seemed like the best categories we'd either be giving to Stardom or Impact or maybe one standout from somewhere else. And the worst ones would probably go to WWE to someone like Natalia and her latest friend. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was proposing we change the, the tag categories of the Wazzies from men's and women's tags to open tag and open trios or factions. Yeah. And, like, I think when we proposed the Wazzies a few years ago, we were looking at the divisions going, oh, yeah, WWE's taking this seriously. Look at how many women they've got. And <laughs> the the local scene was, you know, it did have a few women's tag teams going around before the pandemic, and then everything closed, and it's just like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, sadly, we are... Uh, we might change that. Uh, any other thoughts there on the uh, the proposed Wazzies changes there, Alex? I'm all about that. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's just one of those things, sadly, where it's just come to uh, the point where, um, where it seems like WWE is not going to be running enough women to field a credible tag team division. AEW doesn't do a women's tag team division. They do yeah. women's tags matches, but there's no title. Yeah. Uh, then that leaves Impact, which we both will watch, Alex, less than me, and WA, which we have both pretty much given up on, and then the Japanese promotions like your Stardom, your Tokyo Joshi Pro, etc. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we just switched to, to Open, Leaves us the um, possibilities of also naming mixed tag teams. Uh, off the top of my head, you could name Rio and Dominic. You could name a team from GCW like Bussy, which is Effie and Alley Catch. So, yeah. yeah. I, I I just think, yeah, sadly, the, the main promotions of the world aren't having enough women's tag team division depth for us to continue with this category. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Get rid of it. All right. So last year, best men's tag team or male tag team, we'd agreed for FTR. Mm -hmm. And best female internationally, Alex had said Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, with Jamie Hayter and Rebel. I'd said Toxic Attraction, Mandy Rose, (laughs) Gigi Jolin, and JC Jane. Yeah, both of those acts just don't exist anymore either. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, 
Yeah, yeah. Brit's yeah. Brit's done nothing this year. No, she's done fuck all. All right, uh, you're you're up first, my man. So uh, yeah, open tag team. You can name men's tag team, women's tag team, mixed tag team, whatever you want. Hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> This has been a, a good tag team year. Let's be real. There's been some fantastic tag teams. Um, but honestly, I cannot go past the fucking... I, I think this is controversial. I think this is a very controversial pick. But I think they are so fucking entertaining. They are fantastic. And I am going to give it to the guns. Uh, the Motor City Machine Guns? <laughs> no, I'm giving it to Austin and Colton. And since it says, like, no, this is just tag teams, right? This isn't factions. Yeah. This so, is just tag teams now, yeah. Yeah, I'm giving it to Austin and Colton, the guns. I think that since the start of the year to the end of the year, they have been consistently featured and have done great stuff. And AEW have been booking them well. I think they are a great act. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That's an honourable mention for me. Uh, other honourables, WWE, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn from Ring of Honor, The Righteous, which is Dutch and Bateman, AW's FTR, TNA, Motor City Machine Guns, the team of The Coven, the team of MK Ultra, not to be mm. confused with Australia's MK Plus Ultra. So annoying, yeah. Uh, from GCW, the deathmatch busters of Matt Cardona and Steph Delander. Oh, and... I, I can tell you I almost gave this award to those two. I'll tell you that. From GCW, Def, uh, was it? Maki, Def Kill, Maki Ito and Nick Gage. Yeah. But I think for me, a tag team that's been around a long time and has stood out in every match they've had, be it tag, trio or more, is Sting and Darby Allen. And that's why I went this past year. Yeah, uh, that was... It was between three teams, the Guns, Darby and Sting, and uh, Steph Delander and Matt Cardona for me. And, yeah, the Guns just edged it out because I, I could name more moments, but Darby and Sting, man, they've been on fire. I will never forget the fucking goosebumps I had when Darby and Sting came out to Metallica at fucking Wembley. Yeah. Outrageous. Yeah. Uh, so now, best uh, trio or faction internationally? Oh, for me, this was an absolute no-brainer. Absolutely mm -hmm. a no-brainer. And... I'm not sure if they got worst awards. Well, they got a worst award from me last year, but this year they're getting the best. The Judgment Day. Yeah, I gave them an honourable mention. Yeah. Any particular reason why best for you? I mean, the... The dynamic in the group, they've gone from being spooky to just being like, they've been having fun. Like, the whole mommy and Dom thing turned everything around for them. And Rhea getting in that role, they, they backed off of the spooky stuff from Finn and the demon, and they've 
And Damien Priest has had a fucking career year. Let's not forget that fucking Damien Priest bad bunny match at Backlash, which was insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Finn had a great feud with Seth. Individually, they're all doing great. Dom with his title runs in NXT. Rhea is arguably the top attraction on Raw right now. And, yeah, there are promos, and now you've thrown R-Truth into the mix for the entertainment value. This has been insane. It's just the most insane turnaround. I agree with you. Uh, For me, honourable mention, Judgment Day. Honourable mention to The House of Black. Mm. Honourable mention to Damage Control. Honourable mention to Stardom for Donna Del Mondo, Julia, Mayu, Sakura, and Fialka, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing. My apologies. But I gave my best to TMDK from New Japan, Mike Nichols, Shane Hayes, Zack Sabre Jr., Fujita, Robbie Eagles, and Shaw Throat Bad Dude Tito in there as well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with you for all the reasons you said for Judgment Day. I just, oh, I just couldn't put them. It was one and two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, again, uh, worst male internationally last year. Alex had said Schism, Joe Gacy, Jagger Reed, Rip Fowler, and Ava Rain. Yeah. Uh, I'd said the Judgment Day, Edge, Fowler, Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. The worst women's tag team last year, uh, Alex had said Sasha Banks and Naomi. I'd said Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. So your worst tag team internationally this year? Is a tag team that was brought together because they both had nothing to do, even though this made absolutely no sense to bring them together storyline-wise. And I'm going to put a little fucking asterisk next to it as well because of what it's eventuated into at the start of 2024 i'm going with the golden jets jericho and omega slash the sex gods none of it makes sense yeah uh, that's an honorable mention for me yeah it just it <laughs> makes no fucking sense for either of those teams to exist other than, oh, we've got nothing to do for these guys. Yeah. Uh, so honourable mention to them. Honourable mention to Cody Rose and Yeet Uzo. Fuck off. <laughs> but I am... I I thought killing one tag team division was bad enough, but we killed two tag team divisions this year. So I'm giving out joint winners to WWE... Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, they dropped the ball on this team from 2020 to 2023 mm-hmm. and killed the entire division in the process of them losing the belts. Mm-hmm. And then you change the channel and over on AEW, you are holding up the Ring of Honor tag titles for the better part of four months because Cole's injured and you want to play out this storyline at the last pay-per-view in MJF's home state. You killed the Ring of Honor tag team division that 12 months ago was one of the hottest attractions for that promotion and one of the most talked about matches for that promotion. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, no. Dual winners, terrible, both terrible. Yeah. Uh, worst trio or faction internationally? Yeah, uh, to just sort of carry on from your point, I'm going to give it to the Undisputed Kingdom slash the devil and his fucking devil worshippers or whatever. Like, fuck me. Just everything well, everything you just said. Well, I agree with you. As I'm going, AW, the devil and masked men as my worst trio or faction of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, I, also, I want to say, every, for me, it was every incarnation along the journey. So it's not just the devil and the masked man. It's the undisputed kingdom. And then all the way at the back of this, uh, the start of the story, Roderick Strong and the kingdom. Like that whole thing, just from the get-go, just didn't do it for me. Yeah, uh, honourable mentions I have here. AW, the outcasts. Mm-hmm. AEW, the Don Callis family. Oh, yeah, you fucked that up. AEW, <laughs> the Jericho Appreciation Society. Fucking oath. AEW, QTV. Yep. Uh, WWE, the way slash DIY, because it felt like we were doing something January, February, dropped it off until about October and picked it back up. Yeah. It's still good now, I think. But, yeah, yeah. But but it's not 2023 anymore. So, yeah, yeah, I feel like we're getting there now, but it feels like we were doing something at the start of the year, dropped it off for eight months, and then picked yeah. it back up towards the end of the year. Um, yeah. AWCMFTR, not anything against the guys, just one of them leaving and this not being a thing anymore, and FTR spending money on the trademark for this. Yeah, poor buggers. Uh, last honourable mention mainly because it's a bit confusing when these guys are in AEW Ring of Honor and they're in the Don Callis family and not representing United Empire. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, so I don't know what's to go with United Empire anymore. Uh, best domestically. So last year, best male team domestically, Alex had said Big Dude Angie, Ricky Gilmore, and Big Day from DMDU. I'd said The Velocities, Jude London, and Paris De Silva from PWA. Best, uh, best, best female domestically, Alex had no award, and I had to go through a bunch of small promotions to find the Melbourne City main girls of Katie Lux and Skylar Cruz, who had two matches together in Tasmanian Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Do you have a tag team this year? No, I'll have to sit out on this. Yeah. Uh, so honourable mention to the Velocities of PWA, honourable mention to the undesirable monsters of Wide Bay Pro Wrestling Queensland, Bobby Bishop and Rip Riley, honourable mention to the Perea, who spent most of their year with MCW and were six-time champs concurrently at one stage in 2023. A team not many people respect, and I think they'll be hearing big things this year. Top tier, Mitch Ryder and Tim Hayden, and sure, Chuck, their manager, Todd Eastman, in there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, open faction or trio domestically. Uh, honorable mention to SMS of PWA, Aaron Jake, Bell, Pierce, Cardines, and Unsocial Jordan. 
I'd said of Riot City Wrestling, the Kings of Rowan, Mike Burma, Mickey Fortune, Havoc, and Zach Sabbath. So from there, our next award, Wrestler of the Year. Last year, Alex had said Seth Rollins of WWE, and I had said John Moxley of AEW. Yeah, John Moxley had a hell of a year turn the turn the tide there from his uh, initial run. Uh, got- I'm 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 gonna say he he's still on a good run right now. I'll give him that. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That's what I mean. I uh, let me rephrase that. Uh, from when he first came into the company to 2022, hell of a change. Yeah, he's yeah. doing fucking great at the moment. Um, I'll, I'll do what you've been doing here and give a few honourable mentions because I feel like you're not going to mention him because you're biased and an incorrect wrestling opinion giver. <laughs> honourable mention to Cody Rhodes. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> and honourable mention to my winner from last year, Seth Rollins. Honourable mention to the king of the fucking indies, Matt Cardona. Honourable mention to Moxley, to Danielson. All those guys have had fucking stellar matches. Fuck it. Honourable mention to Sting because, once again, Metallica, Wembley, fuck yeah. (laughs) But my wrestler of the year, I said this earlier, when you talk about the best of 2023, his name pops in your head. He might not be the the name you pick, but he's he's one of the names that pops in your head. And I have to give him a fucking award for 2023 because he has been entertaining from start to finish of the year. And I think 2024 is going to be even fucking bigger. Gunther. That's fair too. Uh, Honourable mention for Gunther. Honourable mention to Steve Macklin and Mike Bailey, both of TNA. Honourable mention to Cody Rhodes of WWE. Okay, okay. So sorry, I just gotta say something. I take back everything I said said. <laughs> you you are not an incorrect wrestling opinion giver. <laughs> no, the guy had a really good year, and despite me just shit stirring Alex a lot, he did have a really good year. He had a career defining year. <sighs> he should have bet Roman. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, he, my wrestler. <laughs> yes, Will. My wrestler of the year is Will from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Will Osprey. All right, uh, oh, very correct. That's a correct opinion. That's a very good opinion. God damn! Could you imagine if we got Osprey and Gunther? Yeah, might have to wait a few more years on that one. Uh, yeah, but could you imagine what they would do together? Yeah. I feel like they've had an indie match somewhere. They, they would have, but they're they're very different now. Yeah, true. Uh, best female internationally last year we had agreed Queen Sweep for Jamie Hayter. Uh, unfortunate year for her this year, but uh, what's your choice? I feel like we're going to have another Queen Sweep. Yeah, or it's possible, like. Uh, one of two options this year. I think there's no other option than the two options. And I'm giving it fuck yeah, Aussie, 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 Rhea Ripley. Yeah, Rhea was my first honourable mention. Oh, okay. Uh, 
I also said honourable mention to Julia from Stardom, honourable mention to Diana Perazzo from TNA, uh, honourable mention to Bianca Belair of WWE, but I said to somebody who carried not only a division, but an entire company on her back for the year, Athena from Ring of Honor. That's a fair shout too. That's a fair shout. I thought you might have been going towards Tony there for a second. Yeah, and honourable mention to to Tony Storm as well because the the sheer work she's just done to turn around her mm. character this past year. See, um, Athena wasn't an option for me just because of the lack of ROH I've been watching, which is fair too. Yeah. Uh, now we get to the fun stuff. Worst male wrestler internationally last year. Alex had said Austin Theory of WWE, who's now got a, a great tag team partner, whereas I'd said Ric Flair. Yes, remember, ladies and gentlemen, Ric Flair's last match was, in fact, last year. Yep. Oh. Okay, so when I give these awards, I do take into consideration the amount of TV time people have been given. Like, yeah, it could be like... You could easily go like, oh, yeah, this fucking jabrona, jabroni that has, like, one fucking three-minute match every few months, like, fucking sucks ass. Or you could go like, oh, this guy who is usually pretty fucking good has been given a shitload of fucking TV time and done nothing of note for the entire fucking year. And that's... So grading it on that scale is why. I I'm actually looking back through the... Through the history of things, this is actually yeah. the third oh. time I'm giving this person this award. Yeah. Uh, Chris Jericho is my worst male wrestler of the year 2023 because he was in so many high-profile spots and did nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to agree with that. The the disbanding of the Jericho Appreciation Society and it did not leave anyone in a bad position. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I have Chris, to agree with that Chris for Jer- an honourable. Chris Jericho is what you were saying way back. Remember, humans, a long time ago when this episode started. <laughs> um, what you were saying about Terry Funk and giving back. Chris Jericho has been the exact opposite of Terry Funk for AEW, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of true. Uh, mm-hmm. Also... Honorable mention to CM Punk and Jack Perry for whatever the fuck happened there. Mm. Uh, but my worst mail for you, uh, internationally, somebody who still has time on the clock because it goes TikTok carrying cross. Oh, fucking <laughs> oath. Fair, fair call. He, he came. When did he come back? December. And I went, oh. I thought you were released. Fucking hell. All right. Worst female internationally. Last year, Alex had said Ronda Rousey. I'd said Liv Morgan just because of Liv's uh, strange portrayal as the top star Mm -hmm. on her brand. Uh, What do you got this year? Um. It's someone that I've seen being getting given a lot of TV time, especially towards the end of the year. Um, I just don't get it. 
And it's just a simple case of I'm going to steal a successful wrestler from the indies gimmick and fucking use it on TV. Uh, my worst female wrestler of the year is not Max the Impaler because Max the Impaler is great. Valhalla. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with that. It, just completely fucking plagiarize an indie gimmick and do it poorly. That's what she's done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the the fact you're bringing up the Maxine Power stuff um, does remind me of that again. So, yes, honorable, dishonorable mention for that. But mm-hmm. for somebody who I agreed with Alex last year for all the points for an on, honorable mention and then came back this year and shat the bed even worse and went to another promotion and nobody gave a shit about her, Ronda Rousey, thank God you're gone. Yeah, uh it would have been a safe option to pick her again. I just wanted to do something different because I knew you were going to pick her again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, best male domestically. Last year, Alex had said Edmund the Kid, who wrestled at Wrestle Rock, DMDU, MCW, and Renegades Wrestling. I had said Ricky Self, who mainly wrestled for PWA. Yeah, I can't pick this year, but. Yeah. But so, I I will suggest JXT because I love him. Okay. <laughs> Just uh, joking. <laughs> oh, okay. I say honourable mention for Ricky South, but I chose Dean Brady from Wright City. Yeah, I've heard a lot of big things about him lately. He's really stepped up to the plate. Uh, best female domestically. Last year, Alex had said Delta, who was mainly at Right City also made appearances at DMDU, MCW, PCW, FWA, and a bunch of others. Yeah, uh, fuck me. I'm looking at that list. Jesus. Well, it's, it's, it's basically a fucking alphabet next door name. <laughs> and I'd said Jessica Troy, who was mainly at PWA, MCW, and a few others. Uh, this year, honorable mention to Jessica Troy. Yes, she should be freaking going overseas to stardom Mm -hmm. but i said delta from uh right city wrestling i felt she did really well this year yeah from everything i've seen thus far delta's a safe choice too delta delta is the next wave of australian female wrestling yeah uh, she's certainly filling in those shoes for right city that would have been demi bennett's yep all right Next is Company of the Year. Best internationally last year, Alex had said WWE. I had said TNA Impact Wrestling. Where do you go this year, my friend? Uh, just based on what I watch and all that, I'm going to have to go Jim Cro- No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Jim. I'm going to have to go Oceana. No. Um, uh, <laughs> WWE for me, the improvements, the storytelling has been fantastic. Sure, everything uh, behind the scenes is very fucky at the moment, especially what's happened in the last 24 hours. We can talk about that on another day. Uh, Fucking gross. gross. But just judging on what I'm seeing on television, fruity likey, fruity likey a lottie. The WWE is doing very good. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, 
honorable mention to New Japan. It feels like they're been beginning to course correct. Of course, I had this room down before they lost a bunch of people out of contract. Uh, Will Ospreay, Kazuchika Okada, Tama Tonga uh, reports Julia is not re-signing come the end of March. So they'll lose her from New Japan Women's and Stardom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's that's a lot of um, top talent, especially Tama. The, I get the singles run didn't go how they wanted, but they had big plans for him. Mm-hmm. Being sort of that big gaijin, but uh, never really eventuated. Uh, but for me, TNA, Impact Wrestling, not only the tour of Australia, but the UK, um, TNA returning, and it feels like they can do better forbidden doors with New Japan than what AEW puts on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Worst show of the year. Uh, not worst show, worst company of the year. Last year, Alex had said the National Wrestling Alliance. I had said Jim Crocker Promotions. What you got this year, my friend? This hurts me so much, but I have to say it. They have to get it. They have to be punished. AEW. Yep. The way they have fucking just pissed off, pissed off sub they've divided the fan base to say that they've divided mm. the fan base uh they've also just pissed on all the potential that they had all the hard work all the good faith that they had built with the fan base within the year of 2023 they have fucking all pissed it down the fucking drain um oh you look at their numbers. The numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you, TK. Um, they have they've fallen off, man. This company needs a fucking creative turnaround because what's going on right now isn't doing it for me. I think they have made they have taken the right step. Like, if you're not going to have MJF as a champ because of potentially an injury or contract disputes, whatever, Joe is the guy. I I, I 100% agree with that. Joe's the best guy they've got at the moment. Yeah. But the fact that Joe is the best guy they've got at the moment is actually an indictment on them considering the fucking people they have on that roster. And that's nothing against Joe. But Joe's in his mid to late 40s. And they've got so many young stars with huge fucking, um, huge reputations and huge careers behind them already. So many fucking young guys that are just mega stars in the making that they just haven't capitalized on. Like Ricky Starks at the end of 2022 was ready to break out. And what they do, they turn him heel for CM Punk for a feud that they'd never got to blow off. And now all of a sudden he's just fucking, he's just in the tag team division. You look at Swerve. Every time he starts building momentum, every time they let him go out there, he steals the fucking show. He steals the show. But they never follow up with it. You you look at Hangman and his fucking rise and fall and rise and then fall and then rise again. 
just the inconsistencies of how he's used. Jay White, the biggest Gaijin star in Japan when they signed him. They've done sweet fuck all with him in hindsight, really. You look, and I, and now they're bringing in Will Ospreay, and I just don't see that being any different. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't have any faith. Like, these guys have Brian Danielson, Moxley, Kenny Omega. They have a literal dream roster. And they are not making the most of the stars they have on there. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, so quickly, two dishonorable mentions for me. The NWA, Tyrus is your year-long champ and deciding to have TV execs at the pay-per-view and you do drugs at the pay-per-view and lose your TV deal. Uh, WWE, uh, mainly for some of the backstage stuff, but I'm only putting it on here for two reminders. One, they told us how important the brand split was and kept shuffling people around and making excuses for it. And two, they promised us NXT Europe and it didn't occur. But yes, for all the reasons Alex said and more, AEW slash including Ring of Honor is my worst promotion of the year. No separation between the two Tony Khan promotions. Way too many title belts. Almost all the Ring of Honor belts mean nothing. Countless backstage problems at AEW. We could go on and on. It has mm-hmm. fallen. Yeah. And it needs to course correct and bounce back. Drastically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, best domestically last year, Alex had said DMDU. I'd said PWA. This year, I say Right City Wrestling. Mm. And so we go down to category 11 event of the year. Last year, Alex had said WrestleMania 38 night one. I said new Japan pro wrestling and world wonder ring stardom historic X over an event. So great. They never brought it back. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What do you got for best event internationally this year, man? Uh, best internationally. I think I'm going to do something fucking outrageous with these categories. Yeah. Um, first of all, this is actually a back-to-back, kind of a back-to-back winner. Uh, WrestleMania night one is my best internationally event of the year. That is, um, let me just quickly pull it up just so I can, uh, (laughs) So just so I can talk about it in a bit more detail, but yeah, this, the first night of WrestleMania 39, top to bottom, fantastic. Well, actually kind of top to bottom, Austin Theory versus John Cena was eh, but there was the, that men's WrestleMania fatal four-way tag team match, straight profits, Braun Strowman and Ricochet, Alpha Academy and the Viking Raiders, which had no business being good. And it was fucking amazing. You had Seth versus Logan Paul, which was incredible. The was, taboo of KSI. Oh man, that's outrageous. Uh, you had Trish. given him best rising star. Oh, could have. Trish, Trish, Leader, and Becky in damage control in a six-woman tag match, which was just fun to see Trish and Leader in there again. You had Ray and Dominic 
my goodness, so much fun. Uh, Rhea and Charlotte, which we all thought was going to be a stinker, and it was absolutely amazing. Um, you did have um, Pat McAfee versus The Miz, but that was that was just a silly little thing that happened. Um, and then you had the tag title match, the main event, and Owens and Zayn versus The Usos. Top to bottom, that show, that night one card was insane. I loved it. Um, yeah, loved yep. it so so much. I agree. It was a really really good night of WrestleMania, and Pat McAfee and The Miz under five minutes is your popcorn break before the main event chaos begins. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me. Best internationally, I'd said honourable mentions to the tribute shows for Jay Briscoe from Ring of Honor and the WWE tribute SmackDown show for Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. Mm. But for me, I went to Stardom, a show that I legitimately paid around $60 for Stardom Sunshine, which is easy for me to say, 2023, June 25th. Uh, this, of course, being headlined by the two steel cage matches, a trios match for the Artists of Stardom title, and a 6v6 Loser Leaves unit match between Queen's Quest and Oweto Tai. Uh, yeah, crazy. <laughs> worst, uh, worst event of the year. Last year, Alex had said All Out, which is... Uh, mainly following the CM Punk press conference. Yeah. I said Ric Flair's last match. Yeah. Um, honorable mention for the same reasons I gave it to All Out last year, for the same reasons why All In is an honorable mention this year, <laughs> but not because the show sucked, because of the ramifications of said show. Um, worst international show of the year for me. Um <laughs> I think this this is definitely a first time something like this has ever happened. WrestleMania thirty eight uh thirty nine night two. Shock horror. Yeah. Um Lesnar and Omos. Fuck <laughs> off. I forgot about that. Our women's WrestleMania showcase fatal four way tag team match, Ronda Rousey and Shayna. Defeat Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia and Shotzi, Chelsea Green and Sonya. That match was absolute ball sack. Okay. <laughs> the the saving grace of this show, Gunther defeating Sheamus and Drew. The IC title, that is the best match of both nights, 100%. But then you got Bianca versus Asuka, which was very underwhelming. Yeah. Uh, let's not forget, <laughs> Snoop Dogg defeated The Miz. What are you talking about? Shane McMahon came down and The Miz beat him up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's not forget, Edge defeated the demon Finn Balor in a Hell in a Cell match, which was plagued by Finn being injured and all sorts of weird shit going on. Was that on. where they had the stupid platform on the side? Yep. Yep. Stupid, stupid match. And then, honestly, the main event of night two was a really, really good match. Roman Reigns versus Cody was amazing until the finish that's just fucked everything over. 
it was a very disappointing night of wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. Uh, for me, uh, I just got one note here. It is Ring of Honor Final Battle, which is supposed to be Ring of Honor's biggest event of the year. A six-card match with only two of the six Ring of Honor titles advertised with eight matches added on 24-hour notice, head-to-head with Rampage. Mm-hmm. Like, if you are that fixated on not moving Rampage that night, air Ring of Honor on the Sunday, like your AEW pay-per-views are on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Makes no sense. Uh, best domestically, last year, Alex had said... Uh, MCW Ballroom Brawl, which was where Buddy Matthews made his return. I'd said, PWA, let's fucking go uh, specifically the Sydney night of that tour. And this year, I go to Wright City Wrestling Battle for Supremacy number 17, which is a December event. Yeah. Uh, last category here, match of the year. So last year, Alex had said WWE Clash in the Castle, Gunther vs. Sheamus. I'd said New Japan Pro Wrestling, Road to Tokyo Dome, which was Suzuki Gun's final match. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you got this year? Match of the year. Okay. Um, it's all over the shop again. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... um. Looking at, oh man, remember that year I gave it to Gage versus Cardona? That's, yeah, fuck me, that was such a moment. Um, <laughs> and also Sting and Darby as a tag team. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, what a year. 2021 wasn't that bad, was it? Um, no. Uh, so, believe it or not, my match of the year, humans, is from. WWE Raw, September 4th, 2023. September 4th? Gunther, okay. Gunther versus Chad Gable, the Intercontinental <laughs> title. Yeah. Uh, insane. Those two have absolutely outrageous chemistry. Um, so for the second year in a row, Gunther... Um, is in my match of the year. And just to let you all know, he was also in the runner-up for this year's match of the year, in my opinion, because it was either the Chad Gable match or the triple threat at WrestleMania night two for me. Gunther is a very fruity as Alex style wrestler. Well, let's (laughs) see. You've given him match of the year 2020 versus Ilya Dragunov from NXT UK. Oh, fucking oath. You've given him match of the year last year. Uh, for Clash at the Castle versus Sheamus, and you've given him match of the year this year. So that is uh, three, three matches of the year out of five. Yep. And not only that, he is my wrestler of the year this year. Big, big praise. Uh, for me, bunch of honorable mentions. Uh, January 11th, Brian Danielson versus Konosuke Takeshita from AEW. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Last year, Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega for the U.S. title. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have TNA Steve Macklin versus PCO from Under Siege, which saw Mudo, Skull, 
Flood. Mm-hmm. From Noah. Keiji Mudo versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Uh, also from Noah. Muto versus Naito. And then also Muto versus Chono. It's the one pick. Uh, AW Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. WWE Gunther versus Drew versus Sheamus. TNA Will Ospreay versus Mike Bailey. Uh, from Stardom, the Sunshine event. Artists Stardom, Trios title still cage match. Donna Del Mondo versus Stars. But my match of the year, I said Stardom. The loser leaves unit six on six, still cage match. Queen's Quest versus Oweto Tai. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was a, a really good match and something that I paid $60 for and was not disappointed. All right. Match, worst match of the year, I should say. Last year, Alex said uh, WWE Survivor Series, Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi in the SmackDown Women's Championship match. I'd said Ric Flair's last match, which saw Ric Flair team with Andrade Al Idolo against Jarrett and Lethal. Uh, pick this year. Uh, worst match of the year. Yeah. So, uh, it's already been mentioned. We're back to WrestleMania night two. My worst match of the year is Shane McMahon slash Snoop Dogg versus The Miz. Because <laughs> what the fuck happened there, guys? <laughs> Shane just living up to his father, injuring himself, entering the ring. Yep. Outrageous. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not just—it's not the fact that because everything went so poorly, like everything went so poorly during that. It's also the fact of who fucking wanted that. Good question. <laughs> who is this for? Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Uh, for me, taking off the rose-tinted glasses here for a moment. Yes, I'm going to get hate for this, but the pitch black match of LA Knight versus Bray White. It was go a, back. It was a mention for for me. I'd yeah yeah. I yeah. felt a bit weird about giving it, but yeah, that makes sense. It it was legitimately just a nonsensical match. I don't use yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, mean any disrespect to. Bray Wyatt, it's just like, sometimes you have a bad day at work. It happens. Uh, AEW's Texas Chain saw match. Jeff Hardy versus Jeff Jarrett. Oh, fuck me. I completely forgot about it on purpose, I guess. Chris Jericho versus Adam Cole with Sabu as guest enforcer. Yeah, that entire pay-per-view was an honorable mention for me, by the (laughs) way, for worst. Double Uh, or nothing. Fuck that. NXT, Baron Corbin versus Gable Stevenson. Yep, that was a bad one. The MMA rules match of Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. Was that the the SummerSlam one? Yeah, I think so, yeah, around then. Yep. And my worst match of the year was something where I just turned off the pay-per-view and just went, who the fuck booked this? AW Forbidden Door, Stuke Racing versus El Fantasmo. <laughs> yeah, why did that happen? I forgot about that. Anyone who's gone back and listened to that review of how hated I got for that, I'm just like, 
No, no. <laughs> Why was this here? Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, best domestically. Last year, Alex had said uh, from PWA Black Label Coliseum Night Two, Robbie Eagles versus Adam Brooks, and mm-hmm. I had said PWA. Let's fucking go, Sydney. Cherry Stephen versus Jimmy Townsend for the sole PWA championship. Mm-hmm. This year, honourable mention to PWA for their heavyweight championship match, Ricky South versus Jessica Troy. But I chose Wright City Wrestling, Battle for Supremacy, uh, 17, the RCW Championship and RCW Women's Championship unification match of Delta versus Mickey Fortune. All right, and that concludes our awards. Yes, yes, that concludes our awards. All right, uh, likely, unlikely picks. Do you have time? Of course. The likely, unlikely? Likely, unlikely. Likely, unlikely for 2024, kicking things off in Australia. Question one. The Queensland Strong Partnership holds a taped super show anywhere in the state. And what was that? The uh... Queensland Strong Partnership holds a taped show anywhere in the state. So that's Pro Wrestling League from the Gold Coast. Uh, Q... Oh, Jesus, I've already forgotten. QWL yeah. from... Yeah. Uh, from... QWA from North Queensland, Wide Bay Pro Wrestling from around Bundaberg and Pro Wrestling League from around Brisbane. Yep. Um, I think yes. I said likely as well. Mayhem. Yes. Mayhem. I'm not playing the game right. <laughs> likely, unlikely. Yes. <laughs> I know. Uh, question two. Mayhem Pro's Relentless Rumble 3 for 2024 will take place away from their regular venue of Bacchus Marsh Public Hall. I say likely. I also say likely. I think they'll move to a bigger venue. Mm-hmm. A major promotion goes on a tour of two shows outside of their respective state. So, like, Renegades of Wrestling goes to two different states or PWA goes to two different states. See, I've been hopeful of this in the past and been let down, so I'm going to say unlikely. I said likely for that one. Mm -hmm. Melbourne City Wrestling follows PWA and uh, lead of retiring their women's title and opening the divisions as open gender. I say unlikely. I said unlikely just, for that. Just because how far behind they, well, they were in even having a women's title. It took yeah, them a while. 2019? 20, yeah, 2019, I think it was. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, Jessica Troy of PWA and Delta of Wright City Wrestling have a singles match anywhere in Australia or New Zealand while both are still respective champions of their promotion. Likely. I also said likely. They've had uh, two singles matches. 
both in Melbourne, where Delta defeated Jessica Troy in their 30-woman iron-woman match, and the month before they fought to a draw. Uh, sweet. Uh, what are your likely unlikelies? Um, okay. All right. We'll start with some softballs. Yeah, that's always good. Yeah. So I've got 10, but yeah. I've got a little extra Brucey bonus 11th. Ooh. Okay. Um, okay. So likely unlikely the rock wrestles in 2024. Likely. Okay, I agree. Likely, unlikely. Cody finishes the story. Is the story Roman's title or any world title? The story is the WWE title. That's always been the story. The title that his dad never held. So, can you repeat it one more time? Cody finishes the story, likely, unlikely. The story is winning the WWE title, not the World Heavyweight title, the WWE title. I say likely. I agree. Uh, AEW start getting more than one million viewers on Dynamite again. Given we're recording this after we know the update of the Raw TV deal, but that doesn't start till 2025. Yes, exactly. Oh, uh, unlikely. I say unlikely too. Um, AEW uh, renewed their contract with Warner Brothers Discovery. Likely. I say... I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say unlikely. Ooh. Um, TNA surpass AEW as the number two promotion, and I don't just mean. I don't mean by numbers. I mean in fan interest. In terms of online fan buzz. Yeah. Oh. Okay, likely. I say unlikely, but I say 2025 they might. I think this is the year they build up a bit of good faith and then next year they fucking kick it. They they kick some fucking goals. Um, okay, likely, unlikely. New Japan, due to the, the um, restructuring of management and loss of top talent, rebuilds their main event scene and regains popularity it once had. Because mm. what I'm saying here is they, they've they been forced to restructure and shuffle things around from the safe old things they kept going to. And because they're not doing the same old, same old, could that possibly rebuild interest in New Japan? Because I think that has been something that they've been lacking is because they've just been doing the same old, same old every year. Yeah, I'm going to say likely. I'm saying likely too. A, a, a shuffle up of the backstage office and losing 
a few main eventers will force them to rethink, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, to cash in on the success of Elimination Chamber, either WWE or AEW announce a tour or event in Australia. They announce it this year for either later in the year or next year. Is the tour televised? Yes. Okay. I'm going to say unlikely. I also agree. Unlikely. Okay. Um, Well, here's one that I need to get rid of because I said a Japanese promotion announces a full-time partnership with WWE. I didn't realize the old Japan thing was official. Um, well, it's a good thing you got that Brucey bonus and we're recording late. <laughs> yep. So, um, a former AEW champion debuts slash returns in WWE 2024. This is a question we sort of do every year, but it's a valid point. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying world champion. I'm saying a champion. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say unlikely this year. I'm saying likely, but I'm not exactly sure of contract situations. The only one I could think of going back is Andrade is the one that keeps popping the vine, but he hasn't held any ring of honor AW gold. Yeah. I'm not sure what the contract situations are with like a Ricky Starks or even an MJF, but Surely, surely sooner than later. The Tony starts... Khan's got to be backing up the truck to keep MJF. Yeah, but Starks, on the other hand, I feel like he... mm. his besties with Cody. True, they did do that Brody day for Brody Lee Jr. again, and I seen he was there. Mm-hmm. All right. A, a reverse flip to the situation. A former AEW champion debuts slash... No, that's what I just said. A former WWE main eventer debuts in AEW. I feel like the only one who was out there that could possibly return has made their trip to uh, to New Japan and TNA at the moment. So I'm going to say unlikely. I'm saying likely, and I think it's going to be someone who Adam Copeland had his last WWE match with, Sheamus. Yeah, and now that you've said that, I do just remember that Drew's contract's up around Mania too. Yeah, and Sheamus's is up at some point this year. Okay, final one. This is, well, I think you know the answer to this. Yep. Humans, you guys answer this. A member of this podcast has a son in 2024. I'm saying likely. (laughs) It's a boy.
Yeah, likely. <laughs> <laughs> so, humans, um, that is my heads up of at some point this year, I might have to take a little break. <laughs> That's all right. The ship will keep on moving. Yeah, but um, happy New Year's, guys. Yes. Yeah, I've, he, do, I, I've, do, I've done a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a thing. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Um, yeah, little, little, uh, little Cody Fruity's coming. Oh dear God! <laughs> little, <laughs> my my son Sid. Oh, <laughs> uh, don't worry. Sure? She's she's already <laughs> shut down my suggestions of the names Cody and Sid. Oh, jeez. Yep, she shut down those ideas and she's shut down a few other wrestling names, but there are other wrestling names that are actually surprisingly on the table. We'll let you know one day. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe future Devon made the cut. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, Kamala, my son Kamala. <laughs> nah. <laughs> My son, big boss man. Wham! <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wham! My daddy, my daddy. <laughs> yes, indeed. But I suppose that brings a, a wrap to official proceedings. Uh, congratulations to you and Miss E on behalf of all the listeners. Yeah, humans, help. I'm scared. No, I'm <laughs> fine. I'm fine. I'm yeah, fine. fine. I'll be fine. Oh, yeah. It's a shame. I, I wanted to... I screen recorded before I found the found out the gender. Um, Cody and Brandy's gender reveal for It's a Girl. Yeah. That. Do you remember when they did that on Dynamite? And it was just like this great big fucking fireworks show and, it, and then it shows up on the screen, It's a Girl. Yes. And all that. And I couldn't find shit for a boy gender reveal featuring wrestlers except for Johnny Gargano just walking past the camera going, it's a boy, yeah. <laughs> That's all right, I'll spicy, spicy something in for you. It's a boy, yeah. I sent it to you. I know. <laughs> That's how I told you. <laughs> yeah. That's how I found out. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> but yes, uh, I suppose, on to another year. On to another year. Yes. yes. Uh, look forward to it. Uh, actually, another last likely unlikely fugs this year? Likely. Likely. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do a wrap and an RCW review in the near future and then fugs. Yep. Yeah. we got a bit going on, but if you want to talk to us about what we've got going on, find us on social media. At Wrestling Oz Star. At Wrestle Oz Star with an AUS. Search us up on Facebook, Wrestling Oz Star. And you can find me at Fruity's Alex on all social media. And you can find Chris at. at I'm Chris Funder. Or go follow me on Twitch when I game. Starting again somewhere soon. Twitch.tv forward slash Chris Funder. You can go back and listen to the entire Wrestling Oz Star archive for free on Sampo, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. Or using RSS feed for occasional content on you on what is it? Occasional content on YouTube or using RSS feed. Uh found the show notes below for your podcast choice including Apple. Nothing left to say, but good day and we'll speak to you next time. <laughs>
Who's your puppy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I am. I am. <laughs> I am your father. No, that can't be true. <laughs> <laughs>